You are listening to The Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. Look for our special VIP tier. More on that later. We are jam-packed with game talk today, baby. We have a fun but brief topic of the show this week, because we have so much games to talk about. Um, but it's a fun one, because we're going to discuss games that have so obviously demanded a sequel, like Pokemon Snap, yet the gaming gods resist and keep giving us things like Pokemon Sleep. Um, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that with help from the Instagram, uh, the Sword Chomp Instagram community. Me and Fish return to Sea of Thieves with the anniversary update, including lots of fishing. Woo! <laughs> So hopefully we can lure you in to see if thieves, if perhaps you haven't been that interested. Oh, nailed that hook, line, and sinker. Am I right, Fish? Oh, yeah. God, I'm so damn proud of you right now. <laughs> so damn proud. Uh, I remember once, I'll get to that a little bit. I, I just had a sinker bait flashback to that time you called something a sinker bait. Um, mm. Which I guess technically any bait that's sinking you could call a sinker bait. I mean, what's... Yeah. You know. Or a sinking bait. Josh is now uh, not just balls deep in Plague Tale. He's about up to his pelvic region. So we'll see if we have any news or updates on uh, past the ball. You know, Which isn't isn't much of a distinction for most people, but that's it's a few feet. <laughs> few feet difference. <laughs> Let's try abdominal. Abdominal <laughs> region is <laughs> abdominal region. There we go. <clears throat> Well, I guess if it was Josh was up to ball, his balls in Plague's tail, it'd be like basically he's at his knees, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's like... a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have some Final Fantasy twelve grievances to get off my chest, despite my need to dump those grievances on the chest of my fellow podcast mates. Um, and we have <laughs> a whole host of polls to talk about that we run on the Sword Charm Instagram, including the possibility of a free Call of Duty after the new Call of Duty trailer and what our audience thought of that. Pokemon Sleep, as mentioned to you before, an update on the whole Pokemon vs. Mortal Kombat saga, uh, combat, combat, that sounds weird, um, yeah, the Call of Duty, Black Ops, and all that shit stuck in my head. Uh, Death Stranding! This year? Oh my fucking god, the whole world was not was surprised, I think, that the release date is this year. So, yes, 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 baby! We got all that and more on this week's show. Yes, 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 baby! Um, that's something Fish has never heard before, but that's okay. Uh, Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Fisher Aww. joins us, a.k.a. the Filipino Johnny Depp. Um, you may have heard that if this is your first podcast. If not, you know he's nasty. Fish! <sighs> I'm glad. Do I make you? Do I make you, Randy, baby? I almost feel embarrassed making Austin Powers jokes because, and if you think about it, fish. Did you grow up with Austin Powers, fish, or did that slip? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How did you feel about it? How did young horny fish process the whole Austin Powers thing? Oh, I loved it. I loved those shows. But Mm -hmm. yeah, if you bring up if you bring up that any any line from that show right now like it'll definitely show your age you <laughs> know, really dated? Like, somebody would be like well like mm-hmm. so, some like gen x person would be like a 20 year old and be like what the fuck did you just say the, but, the honest I mean, thing about that is they're they're really better than going back to watch any of the james bond movies and they're, they're just a spoof of those oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah it's still yeah. 
Yeah. There's only a few of those Bond movies that hold up, which is, you know, why they had to reinvent them for the new generation, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a big Casino Royale uh, Skyfall fan, but I will admit when I was a kid, I like absorbed all those, as a general mountain time, of course, uh, Morgan here from Montana, I absorbed all of those um, shitty Pierce Brosnan Bond movies, and like I thought they were good. Or I think I thought they were good. I don't know. But if you go back and yeah. watch those, those are rough. <laughs> they are. Yeah. yeah. Going back on them. He looked like James Bond, though. He really did. He, he had did. A nice... He had the look, yeah. I think, better than basically any of them. Like, he just, he looked like Bond. Like, he still looks like Bond. He shows up in movies these days as an old man. Yeah. I'm like, it's fucking Bond. Like, it's James Bond. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. his problem. He should have waited, like, 20 years until he had gray hair. Yeah. And then could have nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Goldeneye was fun though. Goldeneye was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't know. I don't trust my youth memories yeah. anymore. <laughs> you know, I think. I, I, I think, I think there's were a lot all, of iconic yeah, like, things in there. Yeah, like yeah, like all 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 of his Bond movies were very plot light. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's probably being kind to him. Yeah, they really were. Um, that <laughs> I was gonna add a funny story. Uh, I used to go to my local library. I lived on a military base, and you could rent. Um, I don't know if they still do this, but you could rent like CDs and movies and stuff. And at the time, yeah. it was VHS. They still do that. I still do that. Mm-hmm. I really? rent CDs from my library. Those those base wow. libraries are great because they're like yeah, generally trying to convince a bunch of young airmen and any of the families on base and stuff to to use them because they're putting a bunch of money into it. So it's just for the base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They've. That's true. Yeah, like generally they have a it's lot free. of cool stuff going on free. on those base libraries. My big yeah. thing I was into when I was younger was I'd try to find, because it was a, I could go rent. I don't remember, I, if I remember right, I would try to find the PG-13 movies with boobies in them because I could rent those. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my goal. Um, but I rented all the James Bond movies and I would just pound through them. But I don't remember, there's one that I really like because there was this beautiful woman uh, it had Roger Moore in it, and I want to say Jaws was even in it. Maybe it was Octopussy? Is Octopussy a good one? I don't know. I want to say it's Octopussy, but that doesn't sound right. So, or maybe it was The Spy Who Loved Me. I think that's what it was. I think it was The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, because I, yeah, I thought... Um, hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'll get some photos afterwards, Roger but Moore. let me tell you. I don't, yeah, because I don't think he was that, was... that was one of the Connery ones, wasn't it? Oh, it, no, Oh, it's been no. way too long since I've seen any of these. Write in to us, uh, mm-hmm. swordchomp at gmail.com if you're some sort of James Bond nerd. Yeah, we um. just insulted like five people. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We did. Yeah. And uh, I just insulted them again by insinuating there was only five of them. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird that those movies are even still moderately popular. I, don't, I think it almost has nothing to do with James Bond anymore. Um, but that's uh, Joshua Fowler, of course. The other voice you've heard here. Uh, from Michigan joining us. Josh, this is if it's it's bullshit. I did a poll this week and I put up me and Fish's Final Fantasy characters that we made in Red Dead, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought we both did a pretty good job. There was Cipher, Cipher if you're nasty, but Cipher that I made and I thought I looked pretty good within the context of Red Dead and then Fish made like his like Navajo version of Squall and I put it up on the Instagram, and I think there's some bias here, because it came back 80-20. 80% of the audience just went with Squall. Mm. And mm. I, I don't feel... Did you see them at all? Did you see our characters? I did. I did. And... Yeah. 
you're. What was your wrong with this? Your, wrong your character so? was trying to escape prosecution in Geneva. Um, <laughs> after World War Two is is what was going on there. Yours definitely looked like. Oh no. Yeah, like you were hiding out in South America. You that, know that joke changed just hit me. changed That's your like... name and. Yeah. That's fucked up. That's... Yeah. I... Eh, Squall just gets all the love. I should have picked a bit... There's some shittier pictures. I picked this... For some reason, the picture I used of Fish is one where he's, like, sitting by the campfire and, like, the darkness is sort of covering his face, so he looks way better than he actually does in the game. And I think I did myself in there. Yeah, you probably made that worse on yourself, because mm -hmm. it's not hard yeah. to find an ugly picture of your multiplayer character in Red Dead 2, because that's... The default setting is hideous. Ugly? Yeah. Yeah. Just how how less hideous you can make them. Mm -hmm. I sound bitter. Do I, do I sound like a sore loser fish? Is that what I sound like? No, no. I'll, I'll defend you. I yeah. actually, while I didn't vote for your character because you know <laughs> I didn't make him, <laughs> I didn't make that piece of shit. I will say he does actually look more like uh, Seifer from Final Fantasy VIII while playing in Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm. Like as soon as I saw your character, I was just like, whoa! All that's missing really is that gunblade. And he would have pulled it off because he had the trench coat. The, the trench coat is perfect. Like he even picked out an undershirt that's like the same colors that uh, Seifer wears in that uh, blue and white undershirt that he cross that he wears in the game. And he found a shirt that just like matches that same aesthetic. So I think your character actually he's he's just he has more of like a receding hairline. Which uh, I actually kind of like how that looks in like a mm. cowboy type of setting. So <laughs> he's weathered. They've... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has no references, but he's very efficient. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. So what, this is kind of like the team that loses on like the the buzzer beater, and the referees go look at it, and they're like, "Well, it looks like yeah, he they should have lost." He... Mm. Yeah, we may need different pictures, but the two you gave mm -hmm. us there, Fish's it's character okay. looks a lot, a lot more like the source material. Yeah, based on those, just the two pictures. That was a good picture. Hmm. And the thing is, is like the lighting that you use to whenever you're making your character is dark. And since you decided to use that picture of me sitting by a campfire in the dark, like it kind of brought out the features that I was actually going for, or at least attuning to in for the um, contrast and light that I got while creating the character. So it makes sense. Mm. But yeah. Guinness World Record. First and only people to ever make Final Fantasy characters in Red Dead. That's right. We're submitting it right now. Mm. Nobody else has ever done it. I Googled mm. nope. it for hours. Doesn't exist. Don't even try. Don't you even try. Lose. Um, so you can go check those out on the Instagram page if you haven't. I have a video up on those. But we got a lot of fun things. Uh, sadly, our, our good friend and fellow co-host, uh, Professor Layton, could not be with us today. He's doing alternating weeks, as fans of the show know. Um, so I have a lot to talk about next week as we do our big pre-E3 hype show. And then, of course, E3 will be slamming down on us uh, and macerating us um, under its weight. So... But the topic of the show this week is interesting. I'm sorry. I, I love the word macerated. I never get to use it. And I didn't use it properly, I don't think. Um, but <laughs> No, <laughs> but I like the imagery now. Mm -hmm. I still, my favorite thing ever was like my ex-wife after she gave birth. Um, <laughs> we, we went back for the checkup. And um, 
I won't I won't get into details, but let's just say the doctor used the term macerated. And I can't I've never been able to get that out of my head. <laughs> just for looking at me going, What? She said macerated. Oh, what was he talking what hmm. was she talking about? Well, have you I don't know if you know this fish, but when you have when you give birth, the baby <gasps> <laughs> Okay. Stop. Stop right there. I, I get you, I get you. Um I don't get squeamish very often. All right, so uh, the the quick sort of fun topic of the week uh, this week is the idea of games that just have such an obvious need for a sequel, and we can't quite figure out why. So it was inspired by there's a Pokemon announcement this week that was mild, but they dropped a couple games. There's a <laughs> the stork. Josh just said the stork did some real damage. Um, <laughs> You gotta, uh, the you gotta on explain it on their level, Morgan. It's, it's... Yeah, that BBSC. <laughs> yeah, the story. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh god. Um, but the the basically they came out announced a couple new Pokemon games, Pokemon Sleep, um, which as we don't know a lot about it, but it's got sort of a comical premise that you will gain pro- progression in some way when you're sleeping. Um, which we were joking about off air being sort of <laughs> absurd. Um, although Josh had a good point that, you know, kids aren't sleeping enough these days, so maybe yeah. they're trying to... Yeah, I think they're finally making the video game companion piece to go the fuck to sleep. Or is it to bed? It's one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I made you reiterate that joke twice. Mm-hmm. I sucked the steam out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's just pretend it never happened. Yeah. It's the companion piece to the go the fuck to bed by Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're probably right. So, but we don't know enough about it yet. Um, whatever. It's, it is what it is. And there's something called Pokemon Masters, uh, which looks kind of strange. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have a big Pokemon drop next week on probably with the release date for uh, Sword and Shield. So, the whole... Constantly, I heard people just saying, like, why don't we have a Pokemon Snap? Like, not just because the Switch would be great for it, but... I mean, even on a phone, as annoying as that would be, it could still work. Um, somebody messaged me and said, isn't Pokemon Go pretty much Pokemon Snap? Like, no, it's very, very, very different. But, I mean... Same tree, different branches, I guess. The actual and entertaining part of it, yes, it's the same thing. Like, the game itself is pretty terrible, but being able to place a Pokemon into a picture and then just take a picture of it being, you know the actual entertaining gameplay of Pokemon Go. It's, yeah, it's yeah, similar yeah. enough. I, That's the most entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, and it has nothing to do with the actual gameplay. It's yeah, just basically nothing. Own, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a thing for... There was, like, apparently, you know, pretty good Weedle spawn zone on my house back when that was a big thing. So I used to find all the entertaining places I could have Weedle popping out of to give, <laughs> yeah. to give PSAs. <laughs> I remember that. Is that a code? Is that code, Josh? All the entertaining places you can have Weedle popping out of? Uh... Um, by the way, Shay has one of the most legendary hidden Pokemon Go pictures uh, ever. That's erotic. Uh, if you're one of our VIPs, DM me. I'll see if I can get you a copy. But only VIPs only. Hmm. Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. Um, we're going to whore Shay out while he's not here. That's what a good friend does. <laughs> right um, so anyways 
Pokemon Go, I mean, why don't we have a Pokemon Snap? That's that's insane. I mean, they're obviously aware that people are interested in it. It's never happened. And there's no real explainable reason. Like, there, there, you can't make a financial reason as to why it doesn't exist. You can't make a console reason, like it wouldn't fit here. We see weirder side projects. They did Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. They've done Detective Pikachu, um, which was weird, but we actually got a, a nice movie out of it. But there's been so many weird offshoots. And I, it's just, it's flabbergasting. There's no reason why we don't have a sequel to Pokemon Snap or a modern version of it. Especially with all the Pokemon they have now, how, how much fun that would be. Yeah. And I think we all agree here. You guys all liked Pokemon Snap, right? Are we all in agreement that it was a great yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah. No. Like it was no. not really challenging at all, but it was a really good time. Yeah. Fish, did you shake your head no? I did. Mm. I did. That's so you don't like Pokemon Snap Contrarian? I, I played it, and it was okay, but I, I guess because I didn't play it in its heyday, mm. I didn't find... Oh, how much, much later did you play it? How much later are we talking? Uh, it was like 2006. Oh, wow. Okay, mm. yeah. yeah. That's... So those Pokemon look real blocky. <laughs> they did, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was kind of in the heyday of the whole collectathon platformer game, and this was... You know, mm-hmm. an on rails collectathon. Yeah. Yes. Sort of. So that's it, and that's kind of the during same, the Pokemon. Yeah. It was during the phenomenon. It was during the boom of Pokemon. So it was like, mm-hmm. everyone is already Pokemon crazy. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, what I did play with was, yeah, you you tried to get Pokemon to, you just essentially you were just trying to take good pictures of Pokemon and trying to get as many pokemons on on this little rail that you're going down to show up and pop out or uh, you have to just search around and like they you'll just catch glimpses of these pokemon sometime but um i mean that sounds fun on paper but actually me playing it though like on a on rails type of thing just like it, yeah. there's like this certain amount of franticness where you're just like, oh, I gotta look this way. It was well, almost like an amusement yeah. park ride. Well, that was the thing, though, because they got you to it. play the levels over and over again because there was no mm-hmm. way you were gonna get everything one yeah. time. Well, yeah, it was, it was yeah. another one of those run-based games, and I think you only had like four pictures you could take each level or something. It was like a really low number. Mm. Like, it was... I don't think to, so. I'm trying, I can't remember the exact mechanic. Like, it, something about it was really You could take limiting. a lot, but whenever you were done, you would give him the professor and he yeah. would like rate your photo quality. And it's been forever um, since I played that. But so anyway, like the 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 whole thing you're talking about it probably wouldn't not I think about that. I don't even know if it would work as well anymore cuz there's so much of it was about kind of that couch co-op thing because like there was no co-op, but since you were all looking at exactly the same thing, you could like spot something mm-hmm. for somebody and you know like point out the yeah. you know get a picture of here and that sort of well, thing. The yeah. reason I I think that it would translate to the modern era well is because not just because you can make it beautiful and there's lots of Pokemon and people want it. I think that the the coolest thing about that game that I remember was people always trying to find out where Pokemon were hidden. Like for example, yeah. I remember there was like this one waterfall and if you threw like certain food, like apples or whatever, or rocks or whatever it was, into the waterfall after meeting certain requirements, you'd get like a gyrodosis head to pop out or something. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a game the internet would have a lot of fun with because they'd be trying to. There were certain Pokemon that you'd have to like throw an apple in a spot ahead yeah. of time and wait. And then you like lure it out of the grass, like oh shit, there's a Dudrio in that grass, and I had no idea, but it wanted to eat this apple, so it came out. Like there was a lot of 
um, interactivity in the world going on that you had to uh, lure out. Uh, mm-hmm. There was like puzzles and stuff that you had to like hit levers and switches with your. Yeah. I, I, so I think that's I think there's a lot of cool stuff there that people would latch on to, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I just don't think that it's weird that you didn't like a fish. Although knowing fish, he's never been a big picture guy. Like even in his real life, I can't get him to take pictures of stuff. Ever mm-hmm. video. He's he does, he doesn't want to go back to that true. life. He's not a. It's <laughs> not a. Photo- the only pictures he likes to take of are of his dick, and that's about it. Um, and those are usually Polaroids. So he's kind of a vintage guy. Mm. Uh, you make you make me sound really creepy there. No, you get consensual, and then you mail them um, to their address, usually with a, a nice letter on the outside of the mm. Polaroid. Mm-hmm. So like one mm. of those well-written letters you use, like um, um, yeah. What's that old tiny? He cuts kind of the letters called? out of only the finest of magazines. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let that joke sink in for people just for a little while. No, only don't. See, <laughs> just, just let it go. Only let it go into the wind. face right now. The only one I can really think, and there's, I got some good ones from the community. Um, that I'll read here in a second uh, that people had suggested. Um, and if you guys have any, I want to hear from you first. My big one was Kingdoms of Amalur, obviously, and I think I got that prayer answered um, because they got picked up by THQ Nordic, and it seems to be understood that we're going to get another game in the Kings of Amalur franchise. But for the longest time, I was like confused as to why nobody would buy that IP because it mm. sold 2 million copies. Um, despite its flaws, its flaws, it was a really good yeah. game. I mean, the big... The biggest the issue it had was just so cool. Such a cool world. Yeah, beautiful world. Like it was basically Diablo with like God of War combat and uh which I really liked. But the biggest flaw it had was basically just asset overuse, like a lot of the same faces and caves, and even if they regenerated it, you could tell it was a lot of the same weapons. Like even if you got a better weapon, sometimes it'd be like the same skin, you know. Overuse mm. of the same assets, which you see that a lot of time with with new IPs, especially back in the day. Um but I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, but I think I got that that prayer answered when THQ Nordic picked up uh, the Amler's IP. So we'll see. And that always seemed weird to me because it sold really well, and just because the studio went under doesn't mean that IP could not exist. So um, was there any that you guys thought about before I re- read some of these comments, or were you guys kind of stumped on this? Because this was a tough one. Uh, I came up with one, um, but we have talked about this game in... In recent, I guess, in the past few months, but a uh, vagrant story would be cool. Mm-hmm. But is that a sequel an o- to it? I knew you were going to say that. Let me let me just throw this devil's oh. advocate at you. Would uh-huh. it be an obvious sequel because oh, it was yeah. dark? A lot of people didn't play it. It, it sold. Right. Eh, okay. I guess it would be obvious for fans of it of the game. I guess, but anybody who hasn't heard about the game, yeah, then uh, I mean, would you say if you were describing vagrant story to someone, fish? Do you think it's a niche title? Oh, very. Yeah, like tactics type of games where like it has like some tactics um, gameplay to it. Like uh, I, I know a lot of people wouldn't quite enjoy that as much, where you have to be very strategic as where where you're positioning your character and what part of the um, monster that you're hitting. Um, it, it's it, yeah, it's it's kind of like a. I don't know if 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 you like Fallout and you like the oh god what's the name VAT of that system yeah the VAT system yeah if you love the VAT system using that every time you have yeah. like that ability 
for yourself like you're gonna really enjoy this in a fantasy setting because that's essentially what this game is its combat is centered around is um uh, strategically hitting different parts of the monster to take him down and um it's very rpg heavy as well where you're like leveling up your weapons against certain monsters so um but, and look, I mean, I'm, I'm deep in Matsuno's games right now, playing Final 12. I'm a huge Variant Story fan, but the reason I play Devil's Advocate is, mm-hmm. is to feel like my job as host is because I don't think if you can use the word niche to describe it, it'd be considered an obvious sequel candidate. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, <laughs> come back Sorry. to me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a tr- it's not easy. Believe me, this topic was not as easy as I thought it was no. going to be. No, it's not. So, yeah. But that's the fun of this podcast is we can kind of walk through stuff. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Were you able to think of any, Josh? Well, I, I thought an obvious one would have been a, you know, a new game in the universe of Mass Effect, but then we got it. Um... <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, does it... Does it? Wait. That's another good question, though. If you already got two sequels to a series, you know you're still yeah. twice as rich as any Pokemon Snap fan is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, I don't know. It's a hard one because I mean, like, part of me doesn't even want doesn't even want sequels. Any like, is oh wow. I I get tired of sequels now. Like, I feel like so many of them are just poorly handled at this point. Like. I don't know. Like, yeah. there's not a okay. lot of not a lot of sequels that I am just ridiculously excited about. excited about anymore. Like, maybe a handful will show up, but most of the sequels that show up at this point just don't really excite me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I'll read a couple that we have if you if you guys are kind of stumped because I got a couple interesting responses from people. I want to see what you guys think about. Um, Somebody had mentioned, sorry, my Instagram is, is loading really slowly, probably because I'm using Skype on my phone. Um, someone had mentioned uh, Eternal Darkness, Josh. Are you familiar with Eternal Darkness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's a really cool game, I'll, actually. I will get there. And and I don't know if that would, and that's almost there, because I think that was a little beyond niche at the time as a GameCube. But I, I remember, I feel like most people are aware of what Turtle yeah. Darkness was is. It, there was a sequel to that, wasn't there? I'm pretty sure they made a second one. Let me Google it. Google it. I think, I think they did. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, wasn't there like a pseudo sequel to it? Sure or like was. a. Was Eternal Darkness 2? Or was it teased and then didn't ever release? We're going to find out now, live! I thought there was a second one. Yeah, I'm pulling up the... God damn, it's loading. There was an announcement for a second one in 2013, and then I'm not seeing Mm -hmm. that there was. So maybe it got got canned. canned. Or... Um, Apparently it's not out yet. So... Yeah, Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Requiem. Good God. Well, if it's not out now, it's not going to come out. Well, yeah, it, it looks like that original 2013 nothing came of but there was a different thing last year about uh, by possibility the way, so that's, that's why i was this. thinking there was a second one because i heard that first thing in 2013 and figured well it has to have been out by now no no it, it never <laughs> never got there so i think that's what i heard too mm. i was gonna say by the way i apologize if anybody hears this sound it's me getting spritzed i have a uh 
spray bottle in my room filled with ice water because it's very hot here. Um, <laughs> I got a whole setup in here. I got like ice bag. I had an ice bag in my hat. Mm-hmm. That's how fucking hot it is here in Montana. But um, I'm just adding to the effect. So if you're somewhere hot and you're listening to this podcast in your car, just imagine this cool icy spritz. Yeah. Ah. Um, uh, yeah. I feel better now. 4D. <laughs> 4D. Just that. Just imagine that. Just cooling spritz, just misting all over a hairy fat guy. Mm. Just, just mm-hmm. fanning himself with a snapback Bowser hat. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. That no, it's Blastoise. Oh, it's getting hot. Oh yeah, it is Blastoise. (laughs) Yeah, don't get those fat turtles confused. How dare you? Eh. Uh, Let's see here. Okay, so uh, the listener that mentioned Eternal Darkness was Stage Select Start. That's their name. So I want to give them a shout out there. This is a really good one. Uh, The cafe is back. Said the Legend of Dragoon Two. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um. Josh, I know you went back and played a lot of those PlayStation uh, Final Fantasies and stuff. Did you ever go back and try Legend of Dragoon, though? I've never played it personally. I had friends who were really, really into it. So I, like, I'd seen a ton of the game and, like, you know, played it at their house and stuff, but I never actually got back to going through it by myself. Um, But I kind of lived it vicariously when it was new. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that that, it had, I am, yeah. that is strange that there's... Yeah. Really, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that it's sold well. People revere it to this day. That, yeah. that game, if I was summing it up in like 10 seconds, I would just say it's like uh, Final Fantasy quality production values, just not quite Final Fantasy quality like um, experience, heart, whatever you want to describe mm-hmm. it. Um, but it was still great. I still love that game. It was really cool. Uh it didn't review as well as you might have thought it would have. So, but I remember all my Final Fantasy friends were really hot on that game because it was like a four disc epic. Yeah. You know, with the same production values. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, let's see. So, let's see if there's any other good ones here. Somebody said Left 4 Dead 2. Um, I thought there was a Left 4 Dead 2. No, it was just Left 4 Dead. There's only one? Yeah. There was a two. There was a two, right? Yeah. 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 It was a Left 4 Dead 2. Maybe they mean Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, maybe a sequel to that again. Yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah, maybe that's what they meant. Which we're kind of getting with uh, Back 4 Blood. What is it called? Blood. Fuck. Left 4. I can't remember. Back 4 Blood. I'll find out. It sucks because <laughs> I have to go to my Instagram to look this stuff up, so I can't. We need Fish to be our little research guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's too busy sending DMs to all, you know, God knows. Uh, let's see what we got here. Somebody said Tetris, too, which I thought was funny. Hmm. Um, it's cute, but I don't think that would qualify. Add a, add a that fifth was... block. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Revolutionized the game. That whoa, was Evan Hempstead. Blowing my mind here right now. <laughs> Uh, by the way, it was Naaman said Left 4 Dead 2. Um, and a lot of people have nice things to say about Pokemon Snap. Uh, Sick Nartini said, isn't Pokemon Go just Pokemon Snap? Where do you address this? No, it is not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and somebody thought they were funny. They called Pokemon Snap Pokemon Nap. Um, I don't know if that's a reference to Pokemon Sleep or not liking Pokemon Snap, but I guess it could fit both of those. Hmm. <laughs> uh, fish. That must have been Fish to left that comment. Dirty hater. Wow. Um, mean, it wasn't <laughs> me, but I could get behind that train of thought. You're going to regret that one day. First, only person <laughs> I know in the world that's not excited about Pokemon Snap. Like, dear beloved fish. Hmm. Not excited about a 20-year-old game? Well, what? The, well, I'm... Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Okay. Come on. I'm oh, sorry. Let me um, go get a, an N64 and commandeer a controller for it and get me a copy of Pokemon Snap in. Enjoy that mm-hmm. video game. So really, this was just our way of telling Nintendo that they need to get their shit together. I mean, Pokemon, you could do like a some sort of a, a visual remake. I mean, think of all these games that are coming out now. If you could just put a new skin of paint on there for people like Fish, I think you probably enjoyed it. If it didn't look that ugly, I guarantee you, if it looked really pretty, he could probably get down on it, sell it for 20 bucks, throw it on the Switch. That thing would sell millions and millions of copies. I mean, Nintendo is just giving up money at that point and you know a great game so frustrating mm. frustrating um mm-hmm. so yeah so i it seems like you guys are kind of stumped on this one i'm glad we had some listeners to kind of chime in it was tough it was tough and kenny's with omelette is my big one and who knows what the fuck is up with nintendo and why that why that happens to be um as i was looking through the other polls here i wanted to talk to you guys briefly about kind of a fun freeform random show we have here today we have so the call of duty thing i think is kind of interesting because you know we are all watched the trailer and i was obviously me and josh are not personally into it i know uh fish did you see the little call of duty teaser for modern warfare Mm-mm. okay you so lucky thing Thanks. Uh, uh the, yeah, they're just calling it Modern Warfare and it's sort of like a reimagining of that. The the only thing I saw in the trailer, Josh, that looked mildly appealing to me. Mildly, I say. There's one click quick shot of like it almost looked like a camera on like a like a GoPro or something on like the soldier's helmet as they were like sort of um raiding like a building or breaking in a building. And it had this like really visceral quality to it. It was only like one second long two seconds long it looked like gameplay and it started to like hit home to me the idea if someone could actually create a war game that actually was that visceral like the next level of visceral um whether that's from a cinematography standpoint or camera angles or whatever you're doing but keeping the player involved like it is gameplay um i did get excited at that prospect but the trailer doesn't show us a lot but the thing that they're saying is that this is going to be a reimagining, an epic reimagining, like they have some sort of big plans for Call of Duty, so. <sighs> a reimagining, yeah. It would be great to go back and see that classic tale with a modern <laughs> lens. <laughs> the, the classic tale of war. Um, <sighs> I know it sounds silly, and look, Josh, I'm not excited either, mm-hmm. but... Who knows, maybe they have hired some people that are just some next-level talent to try and turn this thing around, because I don't know what else you do. It's selling well enough, but not selling well enough for them. 
It doesn't seem like people really care about it anymore unless they're just Call of Duty faithful and they just want more Call of Duty, you know? So I, what else do they do? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, well, I, I think they had it with their last one. Just don't make a campaign. Stop trying to sell it to everyone else. There's, there's not a new market for this game. You've already got a big enough market. Stop trying. Like, with everybody else, I'm fine with saying, like, try to expand your audience as much as possible. Like, there are people out, tons of people out there who could be into gaming. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Modern Warfare has kind of found its audience at this point. I don't think there are a ton of people out there just clamoring for the new, big, you know, war porn video game that Call of Duty is. Like, there's just... You you found them. Yeah. Like, th- there's not yeah. a new audience out there. Well, I agree, to a degree. Uh, Fish, do you have a thought on this before I chime in? Because you, Fish, you're probably the last one of us here on this podcast right now that's giving a shit about Call of Duty. I did put in the poll... Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm going to be back on camera right now. I'm Just give it a second to load. I, I did put on the poll, I said, if Call of Duty did go to free-to-play... Now, that was before I saw the trailer. Um... The problem with the trailer, whatever they're showing, does not look like something that's going to be a free-to-play thing. It looks like a high production value kind of thing. But if Call of Duty did take the free-to-play model, would that encourage you to try the franchise again? And 60% of our audience, I think it was like 58, it was close enough, said yes. They'd be willing to give it a shot if they could just download it and pay $0 for it. So at least they would get them in the door. Um, hmm. Do you feel the same way, Fish? Like, if Call of Duty came out tomorrow with a new Call of Duty game, let's say multiplayer-based, and it was free-to-play, would you download it? Yes, (laughs) I would, actually, because it is a a very popular franchise, and it does have a player base there, but I, I don't know. It's been so long since I've actually played a Call of Duty game at this point. I think the last one I played was Black Ops 2, um, which was seven seven years ago or so. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't... I mean, I, I'd be interested to see... Well, you played like one with. or two matches of the new Call of Duty, the Battle Royale, in my house, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just I played some casually. of that, and yeah. yeah, just casually, and like I played some of the domination as well, which was one of my more favorite, uh, I guess, uh, game types that I played in multiplayer uh, back in the day, and I just wanted to see what it was like in a new fashion. And I don't know, like the, I I don't like the how quick that gameplay is. Like it's so twitch based, like. To me, like... Isn't that like Apex Legends, though? And you like Apex Legends? Isn't that Twitch-based? It is, but it's also team-based as well. And, like, you have character abilities as well. Very unique character abilities in your teams. And you all can't be the same character as well. So it's like this... You're definitely looking... You're not just, like, looking to, you know, like... Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, pop, pop, well, whack-a-mole. You're looking it, for, like... It's, a, it's still more. in there. It's still in there, yeah. but, like, there, there's also other tools to given to you that you can use that allow you to be strategic and mm-hmm. not have to rely on just quickly, you know, aiming for someone's neck and pulling the trigger. Yeah. That's fair. I agree. 
Um, I was just curious because, and Josh, there's nothing. I'd, I'd be most fascinated about Josh because he's probably the least. I'm down yeah. there, Josh. I, have... I think I had several chances to play the last one for free, like when you rented it. And then I think they've had a couple free weeks or whatever. <laughs> we we couldn't even put PC. that in Josh's hand. <laughs> and it's like sitting there, like the launcher is sitting there saying, hey, it's free for the next week or so. And no, I'm not going to install it and play it. Like, no, I just. Like they're giving it to me, and I just don't give a crap. So been yeah, been there. I will say this: I think if they were to drop Call of Duty uh, Black Ops Four right now to free to play, um, I think it would do well for them if they just made it hmm. straight free to play. Because you can't, you know, is, uh, that would if, probably be a great way to boost sales of their next game. Like, whenever they announce whatever the new game is, just yeah, go ahead yeah, and make yeah. the current one free-to-play. I yeah. don't know. I, I I don't know how much of a tail they've got on those things, but I can't imagine that... Well, it's always about a year, yeah. because people... Yeah. You know. Well, and people are weird. They find their favorite. Like, I'll still see some streamers out there that yeah, still the, stick with, like, their... Yeah, like, one of my one of my friends here still plays Modern Warfare 3 all the time. Just, like, that was the one In that... Advanced or, Warfare, it, or whatever? Was it 3... I don't know if it was, it may have been two, but anyway, it's like one, one of the older ones, like they just still just constantly play. Hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of an interesting thing into itself. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, like that seems like a smart move for them because think about it this way. Even if the, even if the mode is good, like even if let's say you think that the blackout mode was a really good battle royale mode. You're competing with a genre of great games that are free as well in that genre. Why are you going to spend yeah. $60 on a game when you could just go download Apex Legends for free? You know? Yeah. Like, when the competition was um, not free, yeah, like, spend money on basically the best one out there for as far yeah. as, like, the multiplayer shooter was concerned on console. Um, but yeah, like, that's not what they're competing against anymore. Like, they've got to compete against Fortnite and Apex Legends mm -hmm. for essentially the same thing, because that's much more when they polished the shooter-based stuff. Like yeah. you said, it's smart that they took the campaign out, but they still charge 60 out the gate for that fucking thing. That's what I don't get. Like, that... That's just yeah. like you think your dick is so good that everyone's going to be all over it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> My dick is great, and you're going to come like, to me. We see your shriveled dick, old man. Go on. Mm-hmm. But wait, I can take Viagra. Um, I did find, I was looking to see, that the biggest thing I was wondering was, even though it doesn't necessarily meet their standards, I was curious to see if it was still charting, because it's hard for, if it's still in like the top 10, I'm pretty sure it's probably pretty hard for them to say, yeah, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is still the, yeah. It's still global top ten. This is this whole thing is fucking insane. Now, now when I hear about them complaining about sales, I just get mad because right yeah. now the global top ten was okay. This is a month uh, or two behind, but it's still recent. Call of Duty Black Ops Four was number three on PS4 and number ten on Xbox. It's still fucking huge. Mm -hmm. What the hell, man? So yeah, maybe it doesn't make business sense for them to go free to play. In which case, don't complain that your game didn't sell seventy thousand million copies and it wasn't good enough. You know, <laughs> it's just give me a fucking break. Your game is not that great. It should be able to sell a million copies of that. Should be good enough. Because I mean, yeah, those games look nice, but they don't look that nice. They don't look that fucking nice. Yeah. I don't, where's all that money going? 
Where the fuck is the money going? Because I don't see it. <sighs> Wait, did you develop the game? No, you're right. You, you definitely won't see that fucking money. I, saw, <laughs> I, I, I sound. I don't want to sound ignorant. I'm just saying I play that game and I don't go, wow, I can see all the money at least went into the visuals or this. I just like, it looks fine. It looks like a modern right. game. All right. Anyways. Let's never talk about Call of Duty ever again. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this is funny. I was just looking at the chart website, and I know you guys don't like video game sales because they're boring, but for 10 seconds, I wanted to say they have huge latest shipment updates uh, as of, I believe this is December of last year or January. The Last of Us has now sold 9 million copies, which is pretty good. Um, Uncharted 3 had recently sold 10 million copies, which is surprising. God of War 3, 8 million. God of War PS4, 11 million. And this is a big one. The last, or Uncharted on the PS4, 16 million. <whistles> Uncharted 4. Yeah. Nice. That's a lot. 16 million, God. That's good stuff. Um, I was trying to get, <laughs> I was trying to get Fish into Dauntless, but he doesn't seem that interested in it. I don't know if you've heard about this game, Josh, but basically Dauntless is like a free-to-play Monster Hunter kind of thing um that you can download on consoles and pc it actually has cross platform play which is pretty nice and i've watched some gameplay on it and it does look like it's described as a monster hunter with a Fortnite aesthetic um i think <laughs> i think it's a little unfair oh dear it's god kind of got a car- that, it's kind of- yeah that's that's a bad way to Ooh. describe that game the elevator pitch on that one. Oh come Ooh. on Ooh. that's not that <laughs> Yeah. Fortnite's aesthetic is the best thing it has going for it. Oh, no. 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 Hmm. Um, anyways, hmm. uh, I was hoping Fish to tell me that what <laughs> Fortnite's real best thing has... What is the best thing Fortnite has going for it than Fish? Mm. That amazing Battle Royale gameplay. iPad support. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, no. Anyways. Slurp juice. <laughs> God, and the slurp juice jokes were hot for a week there. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, fresh. it's. I'll try and play it next week so we can so I can tell you guys a little bit about it. Um, basically, it looks like a Monster Hunter clone, but it's free, and I've heard good things about it. A lot of people I know personally in the Chompcast community have been messaging me about enjoying it, posting videos and stuff. So. And the cross platform is is big, so yeah, and free, free. Yeah, I think emphasizing that it's free would probably get somebody to play it. Somebody like me, because <laughs> I didn't know it was free. I oh, you, you didn't know it was free? For. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll actually maybe lead I'm with that. Curious. If, yeah, <laughs> I should have led with the free, free Monster Hunter game, huh? Okay, I forgot. Oh, yes. I'm kind of worried. I don't know if I want Fish to go down one of those holes again. Mm. Those mm. dark. Too muscles. late. <laughs> You're forcing me down that hole at this point. Uh, we could try it. Spend an hour or two with it and talk about it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, we did... Uh, the last thing I was going to say was... Um, and about the audience was split on it. They did seem interested. About 60% with our scientific sliders said they did seem interested in um, checking out Dauntless. So it's going to gain a little momentum here. Keep an eye out for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the quick update before we get to our Sea of Thieves and other stuff, is, uh, yes, the epic Pokemon vs. Mortal Kombat saga is still going on. 
with big decisions from our community. And I got to tell you, I'm still having fun writing this, but I'm getting a little exhausted. Um, I spent three hours posting the story this week because it was so long and probably about 10 to 15 making the slides and making the slides. This is one of the rare PowerPoint epics. Yes, and I age. had to find a way to yeah. trim it down a little because I I walked myself in a position where I needed so much goddamn exposition to make these. There was these two things that the audience voted on several weeks ago uh, about um, uh, Kangashkan defending its child Cubone against um, Shao Kahn, and then Machamp defeating Goro. And I've worked those into the entire base of the story, but that caused me to have to do some writing um but this week's was called dance of dragons and it was about the idea of this portal that opens up and sort of both sides of the world's kind of going back and forth um into this new realm they discovered uh, but there were some fun polls in there as well um basically the quick cat if you don't follow our instagram page you should if you want to see what's going on in the story what happened is there was a machamp that had a dark past and grew up to basically want something more than just being a Pokemon um, that was, you know, ordered around by humans and also was jealous of the love that humans could have between one another. And it ended up rebelling and killing a Pokemon in this very large tournament. Our audience voted on that. They said, break the neck. So that's what happened. Machamp broke the neck. Um, then we went to this story where this miner named Clay was, uh, he was, he's a cryptozoologist at heart. Um, the story is basically that he, when the red gyrodos was originally discovered, uh, he was like, uh, it was a long time ago. And that's when he first fell in love with the idea of these really mystical Pokemon being out there. So, um, he kind of became fascinated with searching for them, much like people search for like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster mm. or something like that. Um, and so he's searching this cave for, uh, what is supposed to be this legendary Pokemon called a Zagarde, which, uh, I don't know if you remember that one, Josh, from X and Y. It was like a like a dragon looking thing. It was like green and black. Yep. Um, it basically it controls the balance of the Pokemon ecology. But that's what he was searching for uh, through rumors of that. Um, now I'm just staring at Fish's shirt. I don't know yeah. what happened. I don't know. He's kind of for some reason he's. It's very distracting. I'm the, trying to tell a story. Over fish. The camera there. It's very rude. Yeah. Come on. Where did he go? I thought he was going to flash us or something. Mm. What happened? Oh, I'm sorry. Technical difficulties. Well, you stood up. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I had to stand up and tell somebody to turn down the TV. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, I thought something special was going to happen there for me on camera. Oh, no. All of a sudden, his crush just gets closer and closer to the camera. And And then it just got blurry and froze. Mm -hmm. It's like, damn it, just my luck. Froze right before the money shot. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Anyways, so he's digging for rare monsters, and he comes across something he's not expecting. It's a portal that leads to another dimension. And, of course, on the other side are Mortal Kombat characters that come into our realm. And he's talking to Professor Oak, sort of in the future, about what happened. And he's called him on the phone. He's telling him the story. This happened just like a day ago. And basically what happened was two Mortal Kombat characters, Scorpion and Quan Chi, walk through the portal. And him and his friend Lyle are there. Clay and Lyle, they're, they're digging, researching. Lyle's like his lackey. You always have to have a good lackey with you. Um, and his poor friend Lyle is murdered 
by Scorpion. And it's a really funny, I'll have to send you guys the slides. It is a comical slide that I edited of Scorpion doing the get over here. And he's murdering Lyle. Mm. Um, and it took, again, way too much time to put together for something so stupid. I'm deeply regretful <laughs> of in investing in this endeavor. Um, but basically they got, they didn't know what was going on. Uh, Clay summoned a Pokemon just for, just cause he felt nervous, but he wasn't trying to threaten them. And they took, uh, offense to it. Obviously they see these strange people in their eyes. Oh, these weird people in this, in this, put your eyes in the, in Scorpion's uh, perspective. They walk into this realm and there's these strange people summoning beasts to fight with them. That would be a little bit, uh, if you don't know anything about Pokemon, that'd be a little alarming to say the least, you know? Um, so... Clay's primary Pokemon is Excadrill, and this is where people got to vote. Clay panics after seeing his friend murdered. He summons Excadrill, which is a Pokemon from Generation 5, black and white. It's like a mining Pokemon. And his Excadrill attacks Scorpion and Quan Chi, and he runs because he's a coward. He's like, I was afraid for my life. I just left my poor baby Excadrill there. Um, He ran for his life, and I let the audience vote. Should his Excadrill die? Or should it burrow to safety while it creates this distraction for him to get away? And the audience actually voted that the extra drill should live. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, that'd be a shitty way to see a Pokemon go. Like Pokemon master just up and leaves him after summoning him and just runs off to leave him to die. That's a terrible way to see him die. But, but I, but I, I <laughs> see, no, I see where you're going yeah. with this. I'm curious if you left him left him to die there if there would have been like some epic battle that excadrill had with scorpion to where like maybe he even kills scorpion yeah. that would excadrill is going to wind up on the iron throne <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's yeah. what this all comes down to mm-hmm. um, i was bummed out to tell you this this is why i don't plan so far ahead because i had a lot of plans for what happened when with the death of excadrill and it did not happen so <laughs> got oh. that out <laughs> oh. Um, but it was a sad story because I had this cute picture I found of like a baby Excadrill. He was like petting and I was trying to get a people's like emotional side. I think it worked because he had this Excadrill since it was like a baby drill bird and it was like his companion and he felt like shit because he didn't want to die. So he used his Pokemon as a distraction, but he felt like a shitty human being. You know what I mean? Like it's like you had a dog your whole life and you need to survive. So you run, but use your dog as a distraction. You still feel like a scumbag, you know, but I can still play with that humanity a little bit. Anyways, he escapes, gets back to his hotel, tells Professor Oak on the phone about how his friend died, and he opened up this portal. Now, here's the big kicker. The big question at the end of it all was, he found this crazy discovery, and who knows where this is going to lead or what this could lead to. Might be the only discovery he ever finds in his whole life, and his friend died during the process. So he knows it's probably right to go to the authorities and say, look, there's a death on our hands. We have this horrible portal. This could be a bad thing. There could be more people, more creatures coming in. Who knows where this leads to? But you know how the government is. They find these things. They shut it down. They could close it up. They could board it off. Maybe they can't get in there anymore. It's no longer his discovery, yada, yada, yada. If he does that, he loses everything about this discovery that they could potentially find. Maybe his friend has died in vain. Maybe his Excadrill potentially has died in vain. There's this whole balance there of what to do and he says professor oak look i trust you whatever you want to do if we should go to the authorities we can do it if you if you want to go with me to the scene and see if we can investigate this further before we go to the authorities we can do that because maybe this is a once in a lifetime discovery you know what i mean we can't bring lyle back anyway we get the authorities involved now they can't bring lyle back this is it's a moral conundrum um but there's a dilemma there so i had the audience vote and 64 percent of the audience said 
do not go to the authorities. Check it out first. So that's where we're at. Um, I wanted the idea of giving the audience some fun moral conundrums to play with. So um, it's silly. It's uh, Pokemon versus Mortal Kombat fan fiction. I'll probably only update it on the podcast every couple weeks, but it's going on right now. So you should follow our Instagram page because I'm spending a lot of time on this and I don't care how dumb it is. All right. I'm spending <laughs> hours and hours of my life on this shit. I will say the one part I had the most fun writing was the idea of him sort of like when he was growing up and being sort of enamored with this red gyrodos that was discovered and what it would have been like to put yourself in the mind of someone in that world when they first started discovering these different like shiny Pokemon in the lore. Like the red gyrodos was the first one that was discovered and I found a bunch of cool pictures of art of, you know, that gyrodos in the Lake of Rage and how that would have affected the whole world. They'd have been like, holy shit, there's like these really rare, crazy, there's like a giant red gyros here. What's going on? Um, I had a sad slide about how when they were transporting the red gyros for further study, it actually died and it was like a whole thing, but I, I forgot to include that one. So I think it's an habit, but um, that's, it's, it's, there's a whole twist of fate there and sort of the idea of cryptozoology, which I think those people that are fascinated with that are interesting to me. Because when I was, you know, when you were kids, didn't you have, Josh, did you have like a creature when you are young that you were obsessed with, like the Chupacabra or the Loch Ness Monster? Was there anything that like you were fascinated with, maybe like the learning more about, even though you knew it was probably not real? The clitoris? <laughs> Damn it. You stole my joke. I was... <laughs> I was going to say the female orgasm, but you beat me to it. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, So, yeah, Josh, it's pretty cool. We, me and Fish, um, 60% of the audience said that the Red Gyarados was, um, they knew that it was the first shiny ever canonically mentioned. So there's still like 40% of our audience that didn't know about that that was the first one. But if you remember in Gold and Silver, the Red Gyarados was, or Gyarados, however you pronounce it, was, do you guys pronounce it Gyarados or Gyarados? Gyarados. I say Gyarados. Gyarados. Okay, so I don't sound completely crazy. Gyarados. Gyarados. Okay, okay. I've heard some people say Gyarados. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're saying it like three different or four mm-hmm. different ways here. We are. What's going on? Okay, mm-hmm. one at a time. Let's go slowly. Josh, you say it. Gyarados. Gyarados. Okay, I say Gyarados. Mm-hmm. You say fish. Yeah. Gyarados. Yeah. Okay, so you say it like me. That's how okay. I say it. Yeah. But hmm. you were also saying it like Gyarados or something. Gyarados. Like some people have like a, a silent G. I've heard people say Weird. that. It's like a, a Gyarados, okay. you know? Okay. Anyways. It's cool. I got a lot of plans for that. Um, Josh is pretty cool. Me and Fish, we... I, this is the... Me and Fish are joking about this because obviously Josh... The first night, we were trying to get Josh to play CFDs with us. And we're playing on there. We're like, I guess Josh didn't want to play with us. And then we see Josh log on to Overwatch. We're like, oh, Josh would rather play Overwatch than see if these with us. I see how it is. That's okay. <laughs> you have the right to do that. My favorite part about seeing your friends playing video games is you can tell when they want to spurn you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to play fucking see if these are these dumbasses. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I need to spritz myself. I'm sweating. Yeah, I needed no. a break from editing for a little while. <sighs> like... You still is, like is my, is my break from editing going to be babysitting? <laughs> I'll babysit strangers instead. <laughs> I see how it is. Well, you gotta get your, you gotta get your Overwatch. Hurt, I know. I'm deeply hurt. Aww. Don't be. Don't be. 
You're not the only person that Josh leaves deeply hurt. I will say this. Um, <laughs> deeply. <laughs> I tried double, double entendre. Um, I don't know what a double entendre is, but I tried to say it anyway. Well, most things, um, most tandem things are double, but... I'm just going to let that right off. Uh, I'm very lost right now. Um, we, so it's interesting because we were big, we were one of the, if something people need to know about our podcast is that we were on the very positive side of Sea of Thieves and it worked out well for us because we had a group of four people that wanted to play together. So we were able to get a lot of those incredible Sea of Thieves experiences, especially when it first launched. So we are higher than most people in that game, but there's still a very dedicated community. Now, yeah, double entendre. Oh, okay, there, there, there you are. Yeah. Damn it, damn it. Okay, double entendre. Some of the things that I fucking say, I don't even know how the fuck they come out of my mouth. What the fuck is wrong with my brain? Um, laughing. <laughs> You're beautiful. It's close. You got a beautiful brain. It's just <laughs> running at max capacity, trying to figure out exactly how this excadrill is gonna get out of there. I. <laughs> I have plans. I think the next portion of the story is going to be more of narrated than dialogue driven, but I have some ideas. Um, so we got back to Sea of Thieves, and it's pretty cool, Josh. We have some cool stories for you, at least a couple. Um, we spent a couple nights with it. Of course, in typical fish fashion, the first night we played it together, uh, well, fish disappeared. Did it disappear on you too, Josh? No. Okay, good. Um, my phone is supposed to be failing. The first night we played it together, Josh, it was crazy. We got kicked off after playing together for a couple hours. And then Fish messaged me the next day. And he's like, yeah, I got back on till like 5 in the morning. And he had like <laughs> 19 voice messages that he sent me. And I was like, oh, I've already been left in the dust by Fish. Mm. Oh, he gets so addicted. It's so wow. sad. Because even though I have a really, really funny Red Dead Online story later on, uh, me and Fish have, have tried playing Red Dead, and we've had some great laughs. It's but it's like as soon as we start playing Sea of Thieves, we got so addicted. We're like, oh, yeah. the Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what should we talk about first? Fish the fishing. So what should we talk about? First? Yeah, yeah. Well, Josh can be our. We got our, back into it. Josh can be our um, reverse host here because we mm-hmm. played it and he hasn't jumped back into it yet. What do you, What are you curious about, Josh? From this update, what do you want to hear about <clears throat> first? Um. The new questing system. Like, they added a new questing system from what I saw that I'm curious how that works. Yeah, it's like, we didn't do it. I didn't even touch it. I don't know if Morgan's touched it, but uh, I read about it. I think it's called the Tall Tales, and yeah, it works just like how, um, I guess, the big, whenever they introduced Megalodon for the first time, the way you quested and actually ended up um, fighting Megalodon. Um, I heard it's set up like that, but it also has cutscenes. There's a lot of dialogue mm. and story, um, a lot of searching, um, and there's also, I guess, um, they've added like like temples and rooms, booby trapped rooms as well. So mm. it sounds pretty involved as far as like that what they're doing. Cool. And well, here's the good news: yeah. we can do that together because yeah. great question, Josh. Your first question was the only thing we didn't do, so yeah. nice. that's great. Great way to get things <laughs> yeah. off. You guys um, are so prepared. As always, we're too busy fishing for our our battle gills Mm -hmm. and our splash tails. Yeah, no, Um, no, that does sound fun because like some of the most fun I've had with that game is just exploring. Like whenever they added that whole 
uh, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but the the throne event thing was just a ton of fun that me and Fish had just sailing around mm-hmm. looking for these thrones hidden on different islands that you'd have to like shoot yourself yeah. into with the cannon. Well, it was yeah. The funny the, the one thing they have now, Josh, that's cool is the harpoon. I don't know if you tried that yet, Josh, but the the harpoon is pretty badass. You can like pull up on those like um when you find a bunch of barrels like floating in the water mm-hmm. and you can just harpoon them all right up to your boat without getting out. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. Um Yeah, there's and yeah, yeah, I saw that just in the trailer, and it looked like it would speed things up a ton. Just to kind of, just also, also that harpoon, you can actually use it to maneuver your boat as well. Like if you want to anchor your boat and not actually drop your anchor, like it, if you use both of them and position them in a way to where you can actually anchor yourself near an island or near a dock and have it stay there. Hmm. Uh, you don't actually have to sit on the harpoon gun to have it hold on to something. Um, yeah. And you can also, it'll also kind of pull in your boat as well. So if you wanted to like. So now everyone it, can it, park it, as well as I can. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, Josh. Like I was, I was able to park it. I was just like, well, I'm pretty proud of this park job here. I'm pretty <laughs> close to the dock. Yeah, it was, he was doing good. I, we actually, the thing that we did that's nice, Josh, is when we're in a small group and we could do it together with you too is if we get like a swoop then it's not as annoying i think playing with us because it, number one if i'm not doing anything you're still fine like fish <laughs> did everything i never yeah. touched the anchor or the sails or anything because fish likes that stuff but only if it's like mm-hmm. a swoop because obviously it, you just feel like you're holding them back um, yeah the three-man ship i thought was a pretty good compromise for that like i, well, I really need I really three good that. men so well but even uh, without that because it's only Instead of yeah, doubling the that's time true. that it takes to do anything, it's only like fifty fifty percent extra. But so but there's something yeah. like intimate about the swoop that I like. It's hard to explain, but like being right there on the water, yeah. like for some reason, I just like that feeling. Even mm-hmm. though obviously it's weak. Yeah, you no, know, like, like I do. I like I really like that ship just in general. Uh, but yeah, like the- yeah. It- for me, it reminds me of more of like this weird water world type of vibe. Yeah, just being on a tiny or- little ship. Mm-hmm. Little yeah. raft. Mm-hmm. There was something that happened that said you said it reminded you of the water world. Now I can't remember what it was. You were like, yeah. that was a, you said that that guy or that thing was real water. Think about it if you can. I can't remember. Mm. Uh, oh no, it was it was it was a comment to I think what you were talking about. Like I think you we sent a message between each other about. Uh, I don't know. I just know I I made the reference of in Waterworld when Kevin Costner comes across another guy out at sea and they want to do trade. So like they they like oh that was the guy you met on your when you were up late right was it the oh, guy yes that's right yes <laughs> that oh, guy so, fish so... met when he was up late just another Friday night <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> at five in the morning no uh, this is a cool thing they actually added in the game as well. Um, I've, so I went to a fishing outpost. It's like a sea post where you, they have a new uh, faction, which is a hunter faction, mm-hmm. which is for, for fishing. Um, and you you can cook the fish and turn them in, and you get gold just like if you were turning in a chest to a gold hoarder or a skull to the uh, Order of Souls. Um, uh, it works just like that. So you, you raise your faction with the hunter. But the thing is, is they're not at outposts. They're at a different location out at seas and they're just by themselves yeah, those little, little tiny... uh, like 
just the vendor kind of like on a rock looking deal. Yeah, it's like a mini yeah. store. Yeah. It's like yeah, a store. Yeah, they added those a while ago, but they didn't really have a good enough purpose there was nothing for there. you to actually go yeah. there. It was just like, yeah. well, I guess there's here's a vendor that I'll never need, but yeah, it's nice that those have mm. a purpose. Yeah. Now. That's yeah. where the fishing uh, yeah. trader is now. Yeah, that's yep. cool. Yeah, so I was hanging out there. I, I went on a look, lookout for one, and I found one, and there was somebody there, and I was just like, oh, this this is weird. Anyways, the guy was like, he was on his headset, and he was telling me, hey, you want to alliance up? And I didn't know what the fuck that was. And he put a little flag on the top of his, he flew a flag on top of his ship, and it had like a little heart on there. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I don't have that flag, I don't think. So I, I went up to my crow's nest, looked into my flag box, and if you scroll over, hit RB one one time over, it'll actually show the alliance flag. You fly that, and then anybody who's nearby you, you have an alliance with, so you can work together. Hmm. And the cool thing about that was, as we were fishing, any fish he turned in, I got experience for it. And we weren't That's grouped cool. up, we weren't on the same sloop, so I was just like, oh, this is really cool that they're kind of connecting, you know, give, giving you know, people a chance to connect to each other who not necessarily jumped into the game together as friends, but as playing solo, it gives those solo players uh, a chance to, you know, communicate or, um, I mean, it's always been in the game, but it, it's basically you, like you can... a party system, but like more casual and fat and like, yes, loose. Yeah. but how many people can you alliance up with is the question. Like, I don't know. It seems like it could well, be insane. It'd be fun too. <laughs> like, I mean, if somebody's like rolling, trolling around, and like, it, it, I'd imagine like if you're like at a skull fort and there's like four different ships trying to uh, go for it or something like that, like some of the ships may alliance up together and take out another uh, group or whatever. So, the, uh, there's a lot of things that you could do with that. And yeah, that little moment he was talking about was cool where he felt like he was kind of in a water world trading with this guy in this little outpost. And Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. is great at those little moments. Like, we did have this funny moment, Josh, where we ran to a megalodon. We actually, I got the achievement for killing the purple one finally. I think the yeah. one time we saw it before, we died because I didn't have the achievement um, mm. for whatever reason. And when me and Fish killed it, we got it. But it was really intense because we were just. The nice thing about them adding more stuff in the game, like fishing, is. We were just out there looking for fishing spots and then encountering stuff on the way. And that's really when Sea of Thieves is at its best. There's just a lot of dynamic stuff happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we got attacked by a purple megalodon, and it's called the Crested Queen, that one is. Uh, we killed it. It was really intense. I actually worked hard with fish to not fail, and we, we killed <laughs> it together. Um, well, we just took turns. Keep The nice thing about the small boat is even though it takes more damage, like the fucked up thing is on the bigger boats, if the Megalodon bites the front and you're standing in the back, you're fine. On the little boat, it, it within reason, it, there was nowhere I could stand that didn't cause damage to me unless I was like underneath. And I think maybe even then I could suffer damage because um, yeah. <clears throat> the boat. I did so find fun. out. I did find out that whenever they're atta- he, the Megalodon's attacking, the sloop you could just jump off the ship out of his out of the reach of his mouth and not take any damage and quickly swim back onto there that's true yeah yep. yeah you could climb up the mast 
Well, it's the only thing that's kind of frustrating oh, I is think about that. Even if you, I stood right there, and even when the shark was like ten feet away, I hit him right in the face with uh, the cannonball, which fish did too. This it'll still come at you. I wish like when you shot it in the face, it would always duck and run as a reward for hitting it instead mm-hmm. of like still biting into you. You know, because there was one time where it looked like fish shot it and it it bit and went underwater and swam away. But generally speaking, we I, we would shoot it both of us right in the face, and it would still. It would take the damage, but then it would still bite or hit the boat or whatever. And I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's like a damage threshold that'll ever stop an attack. I don't know. I don't. I don't think yeah. I've seen it break up, break off an attack like that. But I'm curious. You almost have to like shoot it and then like get out of there. It's which is not feasible because you're like a st- you're like stuck to the cannon. You know what I mean? You have to like press B and kind of run away, and it's it's a yeah. little finicky. Mm-hmm. Fun, but it's also it's it's also a good time to actually get a guaranteed shot off on them because they're making a beeline straight towards you and if you have the cannon already sitting mm-hmm. out there it's it's a guaranteed hit and if you have a friend like standing right next to the cannon and they're willing to pop like three or four bullets into it and then you hit them with the cannon you know you can do anyways we killed it it was satisfying it's fun we kept fishing we did so the cool thing about the fishing josh to break it down for you because you know you guys know i'm a fishing freak that i actually had a youtube i should bring it back i want a podcast that's just about fishing video games called the masturbator i know it sounds immature i'm being dead serious uh <laughs> i really want it and um but the thing i initially did not like about the fishing josh and this is still my only criticism is if you're close to shore one of the problems I was running into was the way the fish move around. The fishing is very simple. So when the fish is moving, you do not reel. You push the hook button to, to hook it. But when the fish is fighting you, you simply turn your rod in the opposite direction, right or left, or if it's going straight out, you pull up like this. That's yeah. pretty much all you do, and you fight it until it stops moving. And then when it stops moving, you reel it in for a little while, and then it starts fighting. That's all you do. If you reel while it's fighting, it, the line goes, and it will snap. The problem is that when you're close to shore, the first couple times I tried fishing in this game without knowing anything about it, the fish will, if they run into anything, your line snaps. So like I was right by the shore doing nothing wrong. The fish would run into the dock, line snap. Fish would run into the shore, even though it didn't make any sense because fish don't run into shores, line would snap. I, I could not catch a fish. And I, I messaged Fish, and I was like, this is fucking stupid. The fishing in this game might be terrible. And Fish is like, well, are you fishing by the shore, or are you fishing from the boat? I'm like, well, I'm fishing from the dock. And he was like, well, let's try fishing from the boat. So you don't, the idea is, and if you're fishing near your boat that you've parked, and you can snag on that, popped. Um, it's very finicky about snagging the line. Hmm. and Almost too much so. Now, you learn to get around that. If you're going to fish from a dock, you'll find an area where the right and left, there's basically nothing there. If you're out in the middle of the ocean, you're fine, unless you're trying to fish. Like one time I was trying to fish near the front of our boat, and that was a mistake, because when the fish went left, it snagged on the, uh, um, what's the thing called in the very front of the boat that you stand on that sticks out over the water? The bow? Is that what it's called? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay, we don't know what it's called. Good. I don't feel like I'm the only one who doesn't know what that's called. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. We're we're guessing off the that long little plank that Morgan likes to stand on. Stay stay on the entire duration that we're sailing. The 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 king of the world stick. Yes. Well, see, that's not the technical (laughs) term. (laughs) 
<laughs> the Jack and Rose thing, yes. <laughs> Unkilo! Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Nobody knows what it's called. I think it's called the bow. That's got to be it. Well, there's the figurehead, which is like right underneath it. Yeah, that's underneath. But I always yeah. thought the bow was just the front of the boat, but not the sticky thingy. <laughs> Can somebody Google boat anatomy yeah, real, here? Somebody Google technical Google boat anatomy. And I don't like the term anatomy for a boat, but I'm going to use it. Can somebody Google boat anatomy? Um, I have to know. I can't continue this podcast Ship. until I know. <laughs> what did you say? What did Dissection. Oh, okay. Um, while Josh does that, I will say... <laughs> I will say that uh, once you get the hang of like sort of making sure there's no obstructions there, uh, and you get a hang of it, the fishing is it's great. It feels good. Um, it like everything in Sea of Thieves, Josh. It has a very deliberate feel to it, uh, a very solid feel. You know that's consistent with how it feels to shoot cannons in that game, how it feels to steer boats. Uh, that all translates to the fishing. It has a good feel. A nice hefty... You feel like a nice weight to the rod, which I liked. Um, yeah. Yeah, reeling in the fish is... Uh, you can really feel the fight out of them. It's just... It's, it's a bit one-dimensional. Like I would say like Final Fantasy XV does a better job where the, the fish will actually jump out of the water and you have to make sure the hook stays in their mouth before they can wiggle it out by... Uh, pressing it in a certain direction um but uh, it's still enjoyable as as far as like in sea of thieves because it's just another activity that you could do in the game as you're you know just sailing the seas and it's actually fun to kind of collect and see what fish are in certain areas and stuff like that but um tell josh about the stormfish tell him about the stormfish it's a good one so yeah, so, so I, I I heard from another player when I first booted up uh, Sea of Thieves just to check it out. Um, another player was talking about fishing, and he was like, yeah, if you... And he just did this in passing. He was just like, yeah, if you go to, like... If you have leeches and you go into a storm, you could catch stormfish. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting. So you, you, you there's certain areas where you could catch certain fish at, like, certain times. And so hmm. so there's, like, there's different conditions to, like, catching some of these more rare fish and i heard that one and i was like man that sounds kind of cool to catch a catch a fish in a storm you know where you're battling the sea and you're having the battle with a, a big fish as well so um I, I talked morgan into doing that and uh we did that one night that was our main goal was uh heading into a storm and just uh having a bunch of leeches on us and fishing for a stormfish and mm -hmm. i i never see i never seen what a stormfish was um but you you can actually see it in your reputation guide it'll actually show you all the different fish that you could catch and hmm. it'll actually say what kind of bait they go for and where where they're located as well so within but reason I didn't, yeah 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 i guess the it, it, yeah you're fine josh go ahead no no i was gonna change topic so Oh, I oh. so the thing that I think is cool about it is it's a good way to earn gold for someone like me that's kind of burnt out on doing the regular quests. Eventually, I'll get burnt out on this too. But there's a lot of fish to catch every part of the world, and there's like fish said storms, different kinds of bait. Here's the coolest thing, Josh, that I think balances it out in a really interesting way. You cannot buy bait, and I think that is the coolest thing about it that I initially did not like because 
you have to scrounge for your own bait. Now, some people, sometimes mm-hmm. you'll run across somebody like Fish Rent, that guy, and who gave him like 20 earthworms and 20 grubs because he was just get hoarded up on him, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't go just buy bait. So you actually have to, when you first start the game, you start digging through barrels like you normally do. And like when you get to an island, you dig for stuff. So it makes the bait feel more important, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, different kinds of bait catching and stuff. I caught a trophy fish is the really biggest version of a fish you can catch in the most rare. Uh, they're not super rare, but they're the rarest and mm-hmm. they sell for more. Um, so if someone's like, well, what's the point of doing it? Other than just having a fun thing to do in that game, which is awesome, you get gold from it. It's a pretty good way to get gold. Mm. It's a solid way to get gold. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Josh, they also added cooking in oh, the game. Oh, yeah. So, cooking. So you, mm-hmm. so you can actually cook your I fish I can finally as well. fry those and bananas. You didn't you, try that, did you? Put some, put some hot I, sauce I on there. Did you? Did you try it? <laughs> Can't fry up bananas. You could just throw up unpeeled banana in the pan and <laughs> it just burns sadly <laughs> it actually it actually doesn't heal you or anything either, <laughs> we so. had we had one of those hilarious moments of discovery josh where me and fish were having this like beautiful afternoon i'll, I'll try to get some of this stuff on our by the way if you go to our patreon page patreon.com slash sword i'll try to get some of this stuff if you want to see what we're talking about i t- i take videos like crazy it's the one thing i'm good at and i got I'm not good at anything else in life. Not good at sex. Not good at sports. But I am good at taking videos of video games. And I took a lot. So we're having this nice, relaxing afternoon. We're at one of those outposts. Fish was cooking up some Megalodon meat underneath um, till it's nice golden brown. Because when you turn in the Megalodon meat, you actually get money for it. But you have to, and experience, but you have to cook it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he won't take it. Um, and it was just kind of a cool image seeing him down there cooking this Megalodon we had just killed. There's something kind of cool about that. Um, and we were kind of relaxing and then we'd walk upstairs and take turns and we we're fishing a beautiful day and these fucking assholes roll in on their giant fucking galleon and just fucking destroyed our ship, took all of our treasure that we got from the Megalodon, cause the Megalodon's exploded in the treasure now, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took everything and they killed us. We were, it, it was a whole, it was, you know, we got thieved. You know, what can I say? It's what the game's all about. We've yeah. done that to people. So Yeah. It was funny. You know, though. I I wouldn't have been mad that time, but like the one thing that I was mad about was us losing our ship, and I had a bunch of bait in the food barrels oh, that we you lost, had, and you I was been... just so I was livid about it. I was just like, oh god, I had twenty leeches down in down below deck, and the fucking sake our boat. They um, were ruthless too. They were they just, ruthless. They, they trolled up with one guy, like swam out with like a. Uh, gunpowder barrel um, caught us by surprise. Another one jumped aboard and killed us, and well, they the, just sunk our boat so quickly. The biggest problem that Sea of Thieves has right now, I think, for new players is when you run into people, there's the hardcore that have made this game stick around, which I, I applaud them because it was an awesome game. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. good. They are good, and they will fuck your day up. So just be, <laughs> be prepared for that. Mm-hmm. But fish. Well, the, co- the cool thing is, is they actually added uh, PvP, like uh, a. Uh, arena which is uh pretty cool it's i forgot what it's called it's, it's uh called arena but it i think so yeah, yeah it's, it's just called arena. arena yeah um but it's a uh, it's a small thing it's uh very similar to like 
I want to say like you're inside like an eye of a storm. So like the, it's the same. It's, Wait, hold on. Let me stop you. When you say it, I'm okay. trying to get an idea for how big it is. So when yeah. I think about how big the entire map of Sea of Thieves is and how it basically has like four quadrants, four like different mm-hmm. areas of weather. Is this like yeah. the size of one of those quadrants or smaller? It's smaller than that. I would say it's at, it's one eighth of a size of one of those uh, quadrants because um, for the most part, you're you're nowhere. You're about at max, you're about four minutes away from enemy ships in that game. So you could sell towards other ships. And the cool thing is, is you actually can see them on your map in your, uh, on your boat. You can look at the map and you can actually see where the other boats are. Um, but the way the game is set up is uh, you have a bunch of, depending on how many people queue up into the game and actually get into the game, you can have anywhere from three to, I think, six different teams. Um, all on galleons, um, and uh, I played that a few times. And what you do is you get a map at the very beginning of the game, and it's just like a hunting for treasure. You're digging up treasure on islands. Uh, if you dig up a treasure chest, you get like 200 points or 100 points. And if you turn in those chests to a certain vendor or to a certain place um, where everybody else has to turn in their chests as well, you get I think. 500 or a thousand i'm not sure but you you essentially are trying to rack up yet um you get silver and that's the points that you're going for and uh, essentially a person with the the highest amount of silver or the team with the highest amount of silver wins a game um and um it's it's it forces combat essentially because if you sink a ship like that ship loses a thousand silver and you get points for attacking ships as well. I think you get like 25 silver for attacking other ships. So um, it, it, it rewards people that are very, are teams that are very efficient as far as like shooting their team members over to islands, having them dig up all the treasure chests loaded up onto the boat, like in a very efficient manner. So are manner. you still, there's still islands, you're still competing for... Well, yeah, that that's the thing is like you get a map and like it's the same it'll show you the same island that everybody else is going to be vying for. So like um I think uh, some they'll give you like two different maps that you could go for at the beginning of the game depending on how big the game is and how many ships are actually in the game, but it's anywhere from 1 to 3, I think. Um so uh it it does force people to like go to certain areas, so um there's even the combat's just not limited to just, you know, ship combat. Yeah, I mean, if you're two different uh, teams are on one island, like, you can essentially co- come into, like, a gunfight or a sword fight on the island with somebody trying to dig up treasure as well. Um, so, um, yeah, I-, I played that a few times. The one thing that I didn't, that I guess sucked for me was... I would be matched up with uh, randos because I didn't have a... I I went in there solo, so... um, Matching up with, like, random people did kind of, like, ruin the experience because some of them would just be sitting at the bow of the ship and not doing anything. Mm. And, like, I guess... Yeah, it... it, it, it was kind of, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's and, weird that the people that would sign up for Arena would do that. Well, here's the thing is like if they're if the team like gets in like third or fourth place, you still get like three thousand gold at the end of it. But mm-hmm. like the, the first the, I think the first place team, I think they get like something like fifteen thousand gold. 
uh, for winning. So it's a good way to actually hmm. make some gold in the game as well. And the matches are, I think, 25 minutes long. So it's not that long. It's it's in quarters like the. It doesn't have a timer, but it the somebody the game will actually announce um, as the match is going on three quarters left of your time, half your time left, and then a quarter of your time left. So, um, it it is timed and it's fairly quick. Um, it just like any. Do you the map. biggest question I had was like, do you still get those cool dynamic weird moments that we always had when we'd fight other ships, or does it because everyone's fighting does it feel a little more generic um it there, there is a little bit of genericness to it but like if you're so so i had a i actually queued up and got a good group that was actually fairly good and they all they were all using mics and uh we were doing really well we were like in second place i think and we were gaining actually on the first place team um but we did notice that they were that they were ahead of us and that they dug up enough treasure chests. Like we got that system message saying, Oh, so-and-so has dug up a chest and like, we saw their points going up, but, um, as they hadn't turned it in yet. And we were like, Oh, that's, we came up with a strategy of, well, we can't let those fuckers turn in. Otherwise they're going to jump ahead of us. Um, so like there, there, you can see that type of tension that, and that build that you have where if you're going to play strategically and try and, hold your spot and you're not necessarily the best team but you can kind of outmaneuver the other team if you really um are able to pull off what you want to do and what we wanted to do was take them out but the other ships actually started attacking us as we were turning in and <laughs> turned into a clusterfuck yeah. huh yeah, yeah it kind of did and it's kind of funny like during the match like you'll eventually like start creating vendettas against these hmm. against these other teams and like if one team just constantly shooting at you to the point you're just like okay we just gotta sink their fucking boat and let them lose like a thousand silver um so it, it's pretty intense it, it makes it, it it gives uh there's more reason to pvp doing that because you are rewarded at the end of it with a, quite a bit of gold um and i did that maybe three or four times and i ended up with like fifteen thousand gold that I did not have, and I was just like, whoa. I just went crazy and bought a bunch of cosmetic stuff for my uh, character, so... <laughs> yeah, um, and, so, yeah it, it was pretty fun, but yeah. I'm not sure it's it's for everybody as far as, like, people who have been playing Sea of Thieves, but, like, if they did want to, you know, kind of hone in their PvP skills and... Or, like, like um, people who play the game and have never run into another player, it's like, just jump into right. an arena and you'll see kind of what it feels like to get into a ship battle. It's fucking crazy. Yes. It is crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It it definitely does feel like you know, in whenever you, back before this was actually in the game, like it does feel like that, but like a lot more uh, intimate, I would guess, because the arena is a lot more smaller, and you'll constantly see them still, um, and you can actually keep track of them on the map. So um, it was pretty fun. I had fun with it. I definitely uh, would check it out just because you know. Um, it's just up my alley as far as PvP goes, and you're rewarded for it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would, I, I wouldn't, with that in the game now, with that game type in the game, like, I wouldn't necessarily want to go out with my friends on an adventure and just strictly want to PvP. I'd rather, you know, us just go well, out and do quests and stuff like that. But there's that tension of encountering people when you're doing other stuff in the game. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, but yeah, but you're not necessarily 
seeking that seeking that out per se it's just if it if it happens that a galleon shows yeah. up on the horizon and yeah. you guys are just feeling a little friskier and you're just like ah oh, i'm gonna wet my blade and yeah yeah stick it far up into a pirate's chest cavity uh, you, know. <laughs> you really got, lo- got lost in that metaphor didn't you uh, <laughs> uh, blade wetting and cavities and pirate cavities mm-hmm. um Anyway, it's cool. It's like a dream come true for me who loves I love that game and I love the fishing. You can do the fishing by yourself if but I don't think that's gonna be enough to pull a lot of people in. Like you can fish now. I I don't think people care that much about fishing, but they did a really good job with it. Um I give the fishing an A minus. Uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. Just there's something about that world already. Like exploring the nooks and crannies of that world is already so beautiful and fun and there's a feel to it that the fishing just fits right at home with that i mean it's mm-hmm. a fucking game where you're on the goddamn ocean it should have had fishing from day one um but yeah i'll take it oh you know what morgan i found out that you can actually fish while the ship is moving what no yeah i saw i saw youtube videos of it i was looking up guides of it and like uh, our fishing guides and one of them showed like a dude just like fishing out out the back of a sloop so the of fish still places. bite when it's drop when it's fucking hitting the full wind and stuff. I I guess so. It showed him like actually fighting a fish as the boat was moving. So. That's weird. Yeah, we should definitely. Well, try that's that the weirdest out. thing about it, Josh, is that you can see fish in the water in some places, but when you when you are fishing, the fish that gets attracted to your bait is sort of summoned from like an RNG thing. Like you'll see a fish swim up from the depths, and it's not generally a fish that you actually see swimming around in the world which is kind of weird um mm-hmm. so you don't need to see a fish to be fishing so it's cool so like, we got to get in there as a group sometime and check yeah. it out it's a lot of fun um before i let's see things we have left here a place till ff12 venting oh this death stranding is big news so death stranding has a a release date of november 8th which i am completely baffled that this game came out is coming out this year i don't know how you guys feel about this but i am just shocked i i thought for sure it was next year late at the earliest um yeah i almost thought it was gonna be next gen it's uh it's done yeah it's fucking done man (sighs) that's crazy it's crazy um josh did you you were talking to me a lot about it that day were you watching the trailer stuff or what was going on yeah i watched the uh um the release that they did because they had mm-hmm. uh like sony streamed out the trailer whenever it was uh new and they had the <sighs> ridiculous kojima countdown thing with like instead of having a timer saying when the thing was going to start it was like this it was like the first half of the trailer with the sound off with like a bunch of weird handprints covering up the middle of the screen. So it was just weird. It was like, okay. But anyway, yeah, then the trailer started and it was, uh, you know, How I guess, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll, I guess I'll assume people haven't watched it. So we'll explain it. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of looks like the open world, stealth-esque type gameplay that we were thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe more of an action focus than it looked like from the first few things we'd seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there was shooting. There yeah, was third-person yeah, so, shooting. Yeah, there may be, maybe more action. But then again, I mean, like, 
wasn't expecting no action. Like you just, you know, just run away from stuff because it's Kojima. So, yeah, yeah. Seems seems it, like it was kind of his wheelhouse to begin with. So that that style of gameplay. Was there anything other than the release date from that trailer, other than just more weird, cool trailer shit, that either stuck out to you as a positive or negative overall? Like, um, or do you feel about the same that you felt before? About the same. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see what sort of story he makes when it's not, you know, a spoof of '80s action movies. Um. That should be interesting, unless it turns out it's a spoof of something else. But yeah, like I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see what he can do. And he's not. I'm tired of Metal Gear. Like I love it, but I wanted to see what else he can do. Like I feel like he's been doing the one yeah. thing for so long at this point. I just I want to see what else Kojima can do. So I'm I'm actually excited about Death Stranding, just 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 to see what else Kojima can give us. Well, I, I was getting, like, Metal Gear vibes from it. Like, the way, like, they were flashing, like, all these different characters that uh, we haven't seen before in previous trailers um, mm-hmm. had me excited to the point where I was just like, oh, yeah, I love the way, like, he fleshes out his characters yeah. in, in a way that, like, once you actually, your character comes across and, like, you have, like, you know them already and you, then, like, that's when the action really starts to build and, like, the story really takes on, like, a whole new um aspect to it um so like seeing all those different characters in the game uh mad mickelson's character looks like he's very involved in the as far as like a character in the game where he's like he has like some weird powers where like he can so it seems like there's like three different factions in this game at this point like and or like three different alien races i don't know it's pretty fucking all over the place as far as like what you can gauge from this trailer because it's kojima but uh like yeah yeah like there's like those those weird hand creatures that you kind of have to like avoid and like i guess norman reedus's uh character is um able to see him or uh, like he's like one of the only characters that's able to see him um and then there's like the those weird like undead type character faction where um i guess they 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 catch on fire and like they they it's all over the place keep going uh, well i'm gonna (laughs) fill this in for you but i want you to just try and parse it out knowing nothing because i think you just watched the trailer and i think that's Uh all you did that's all (laughs) i did yeah yeah i mean that's really i don't want to like spoil too much of the game but like it is very interesting seeing that trailer like i it the the open world does look a bit like um Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain, um, where you're rolling around but you you do get a motorcycle. It show it showed him on a vehicle. Oh yeah, that motorcycle did yeah, look cool. Though. It looked like he added a lot of like stylish type of things with that. Um But that's the thing that people like forget had... about I forget the guy's name and now I'm mad about it, but the character artist for Metal Gear is who he dragged along with him. And as much as Kojima is a mastermind ball of this behind this man that the character art and design is so interesting looking and that's all the art assets you know it what is. i mean like even if you got yeah. the ideas it's the artist that helped make that shit and it's really crazy is yeah. he's using the no um, the work the work he did on 
on Norman is just great. Like it's He's yeah. enormous. Yeah. One person out there gets that. <laughs> God. That is such a fucking huge throwback to one of our older episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just remember. I had, one of our <laughs> listeners called that. I think it was Corn Space. Somebody was calling out that enormous Redis reference in the comments of the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Some people never forget the awesome. idiocy that we bring to the table. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the quick rundown. You got Norman Redis plays a character named Sam. Mads Mickelson plays a character named Cliff. Um, Leia plays a character called Fragile. You have a lot of these names. These are Metal Gear Solid names. Fragile, Mama, Dead Man, Heart Man, for sure. Die Hardman, Heart Man, Die Hardman, <laughs> Die Hardman. That one, that one threw <laughs> me on, off. Come on, Kojima. Like, what? Come on, you're taking this a bit far. That's is that Bruce Willis? That's Bruce Willis, right? I wish. I thought it looked like a Batista-looking guy behind. It. That guy's mask was fucking wild too. Um. Oh yeah. It's. Yeah, so the I, the basic, when he released the trailer, he had this whole message about the game, but the core of the idea about the game is, you know, bringing people together. You know, it's how you're going to do things in the game somehow is going to link to what other people are doing in theory from what he's saying, because the whole mm-hmm. uh, theme of the game is about being connected. And that's yeah interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's, it's actually a sci-fi retelling of uh, The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. So it should be should be neat. Okay, is that is that a, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that, are you joking? I don't know if you're messing. I am with me joking, or... but no, that's a real oh, book. Okay, so okay. oh, it's a real book. Okay, okay, yeah. good. Um, <laughs> uh, through your experience playing the game, I hope you'll come to understand the true importance of forging connections with others. Which sounds cool, but also kind of sounds it sounds awesome and almost to a degree revolutionary. And yet, also part of me is like. Oh man, I hope that doesn't mean that other people are going to be affecting my experience. Like I'm not going to be able to enjoy it as much or something. You know what I mean? Um, I just can't believe how good that game looks visually. It looks incredible. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great slogan. You know, kind of the whole. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. <laughs> yep. That's funny, Josh. I saw someone on the other day on mm-hmm. Instagram. I wish I'd give him a shout out, but it was just some random person. And they were making yeah. a commentary video. And behind them, it was a Death Stranding commentary video. Behind them was just UPS footage. Uh, and I was like, it reminded me of that thing you said where you thought it was just going to be about him delivering like a giant pizza or a giant sub or whatever to people. Because <laughs> it's just a big delivery game. He's obviously delivering a human or mm-hmm. something like that. So. Um, that thing looks interesting as hell. Uh, my excitement level for that is, of course, at a 10. I will be buying it, locking in with my headphones, and finishing that in immediate. I, you know, a lot of people are really bummed out that it's gonna, it's released before The Last of Us 2. But, I mean, whatever, Last of Us 2 will be here next year. At least we're getting a, we're getting that this year. I mean, look, think about this way, guys. We're gonna get Death Stranding. We're probably gonna get Death Stranding and Pokemon within the span of a month or so. Maybe two. If Pokemon releases in October and November, that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'll have a new baby. So I told my wife, I was like, I'm glad it's November 8th because my baby is due like November 26th, I think. So. <sighs> Ooh. Coming yeah. in under the wire. Um, 
Any uh, any big updates? So yes, if you want to gauge an in summation, trailer was super exciting and fun. Watching the internet talk about it was fun. Um, my personal excitement for that game is incredibly high. One of our VIP commenters uh, said, <laughs> "I posted something in our VIP page uh, that you can sign up for for just five dollars on Patreon," and they said, uh, "I Metal Gear." Kind of the opinion of Josh. They said Metal Gear Four kind of lost them because they got sick of you know uh, so much movie and breaking up those small gameplay. Oh chunks. my goodness! Yeah, so much. I scene. yes, yes. I'm of the mind that I got upset with the gameplay breaking up my movie chunks. So I think it just depends. I on- think it's very reasonable to be mad at both of those things. Just yeah. I love, I love yeah. that game though, but I remember we had a lot of good debates about MGS4. Yeah, Death Stranding seems very heavy cinematically, so I think if that stuff bothers you, I have a feeling this is going to be more of that. You know, Kojima, his his tagline on his have you ever been to his Instagram page, Josh? His uh, his tagline no, on Kojima's I've not Instagram been to Instagram, but yes, his. I don't want to get into this. His his tagline on his Instagram pa- uh, page is "My body is seventy percent made of movies." So he's a strange cat. Hmm. Um, not video games, movies, and yet he's a world famous video game creator because he just absorbs all this stuff. Oh, my favorite thing from the trailer that well, I his thought games I, are also about seventy percent movies. Yes, so. that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Except the original Metal Gear Solid, but yes, that's true. Uh, and it was no, that's still like seventy percent movie. That's like what. Uh, a, two-hour game that takes about 13 hours to play if you actually yeah. go I'd through the codex and cut scenes. I, I, could, I would skip the cutscenes and it would take about six hours. Hmm. Okay. Maybe four. Mm. Alright. Maybe three. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Short, it's a short game when it's you, when you short, skip I think yeah. you actually had to beat it in under three hours to get the tuxedo, if I remember right. I have to... Yeah. Maybe... Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was, it was something really short to get that yeah to unlock that oh yeah but if you got the bandana and the optic camo you could just run through that shit so mm-hmm. um but yeah the, the thing that made me laugh the most is they're so right ra- he so blatantly throws his influences in there like he just wanted to work with his these people that inspire him like no mm-hmm. one in the world like five percent of people are gonna know who nicholas wine and refin is but like Literally, that's one of the main characters in the trailer, and he's one of my favorite directors. He makes a lot of movies I love, like uh, like Drive and uh, Only God Forgives, a lot of movies that people are really polarized about. Um, but I, I love him, but it's just funny. It's just like Nicholas Whining Refn as so-and-so. I'm like, what the fuck? This is so mm-hmm. silly. Like, <laughs> it It's just like if I made a game and I was like Kojima as whatever, because I just want Kojima to be around me because I love him so much. Uh, it's just it's comical. But it's cute. Um, any? Do you have any big? I know Josh, you've been continuing to stream a Plague's Tale, um, which, by the way, I was listening to the soundtrack on, and was really enjoying the soundtrack for that game. Yeah, it's uh, good. One one of the better ones I've heard this year, and but I didn't want to spoil too much of it for myself for when I finally do get to play it. How mm-hmm. have your feelings changed on it at all, or did you finish it's it? Mostly What's still on? the same. Um... The stealth aspects get easier as you go once you're kind of used to the whole idea of that guy over there that I can see looking at me can can see me. Like yeah. once once you, once you wrap your once head you around that, that, which I mean it fucking makes sense, but just most games don't do that. 
you're used to basically every guard in a stealth game being legally blind. Um, <laughs> it's, so it's kind of a change blind, when they're not. But yeah. legally um, They're all Reese Witherspoon. But... <laughs> I appreciated that one. That was one of your better ones. I'm, I'm proud of you. But um, That's a game I want to play. Mm-hmm. No, that would be amazing. That would be an amazing game. That's, that's, <laughs> you that's, that's yeah. That's the that's the Phoenix Wright spinoff we need. A Babe's Tale? Hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do people even use the term Babe anymore, or is that just gone by the wayside? I feel like people don't even use Babe anymore. Like, no. So nineties, right, or eighties? Yeah. Hey, Babe. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Although to their significant other, I'm pretty sure people still use it like hey babe, hey babe. But not mm-hmm. like that's a babe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, babe. it's it's kind of just turning into a pronoun at this point. It has no meaning on its own anymore. What's up, babe? Um, hey babe. <laughs> that's my favorite thing when I would if I dated someone and like I thought we were comfortable enough for me to say babe and they would give me a weird look like, you know, or 3 months in, things are hot and heavy. I'm like, "Hey babe, you want to?" Like, they look at you like, "What?" Like, oh, we're not there yet. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> let's forget all of this. <clears throat> sorry. And continue uh, with uh, continue with um, a but, babe's tale. But yeah, yeah. Sense. Anyway, like I, I feel like because I kind of you know get the way the stealth works, it uh, it just the whole thing kind of works better. Well, not not just that. Like they start. The other part of that is they start giving you more different ammo types, like different mm-hmm. different things you can craft. Because like kind of the big thing there is alchemy is you know, um, kind of like a major point in the story. And so uh, you're learning these different things you can make that you can then you know put in your sling and uh, just have different you know effects uh, when you hit stuff. So you just you start getting more options of how to kill people instead of just having to sneak by everything so you get more lethal as the game goes on um which also just makes the game play better um just kind of unlocking those those things um it's one of the few progression systems that actually feels really good because you go from feeling basically useless to fairly lethal by the end of the game it's kind of it's kind of it's the same sort of progression you get in like the first of the tomb raider reboots Oh, okay. Uh, that that's that's cool. sort of a feeling, uh, which is which is cool. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think the draw is still just that the story and the just the setting overall, because it's just it's it's still really striking. And then the gameplay kind of gets better as you a get used to the kind of different take on stealth, and then b just get more tools to be able to handle all the enemies. So yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that's one I'm going to pick up this year when it drops in price because I want to experience it before game of the year just to know whether it makes it on my list or not. Mm-hmm. Hearing so many good things about the music and the art, and it's one of the ones I want to try out. I just think, isn't it like 50 bucks right now? No. Remember how much you paid for it? Let me look. Let me look. I don't think I paid that much for it. I can't remember. I was thinking it was like 40 at the most, but. I thought it was cheaper than that. Let me check. I'm sorry, I bought like three steep. games recently and I'm trying to keeping which price was which straight is I need to go back and check. Yeah, be- yeah, yeah. It's uh 
A Plague's Tale. I want to say it was 50, which seemed like a lot for me. Not if it's a great game, but I was just scared to drop $50 on on mm-hmm. something. Let's click Shopping. A Plague's Tale. Shopping. Uh, it looks like it's about 40 Okay. I think you're right. PC Steam, forty-one fifty-six. That seems like a weird price. Forty, 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 forty. It's forty. Yeah, looks like. That's not bad. Forty is closer to where you want it to be. I wonder if that game is doing well. I wonder if it's selling well. Have you seen it charting well on Steam, Josh? Do you ever check the Steam charts? Um, I've not looked for sales, but like the reviews of it have all been really good on Steam. Um, I'd have to go. Okay. I mean, it's the charts are fairly easy to go to you just look at the top games but i'm not yeah they don't tell you numbers but you can see where it's yeah where it's at ranking wise is you can kind of get an idea so um yeah i've really been enjoying it it's been a fun game to stream although for whatever reason it doesn't seem like it's been drawing in quite as much of a crowd um i don't know why maybe maybe the name kind of have like what we were initially saying, just kind of <coughs> yeah, sounds more generic, even though it's been really good. So yeah, there's just something about it that seems a little bit um, unfriendly or impenetrable, maybe for a larger audience. But yeah, that's what we're here for. If you, it seems like judging from your tone that you're enjoying it, but you don't sound like over the top in love with it. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'm. Well, I mean, still, I'm not sure exactly where the story is going so far. Um, mm-hmm. to know if I'm going to really like the payoff for all of this. Like, I'm still going to enjoy my time with it just because it's been a new take on stealth, and I always enjoy that just because I'm... I just I enjoy that genre in general. Um, so seeing someone kind of do something a little different with it is always going to be, you know, entertaining for me just to shake things up. Uh, so, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how... See how it ends here. Yes. Yeah. Nailing an ending is always, always kind of hard. So As we figured out, sorry, I, mm. <clears throat> something stuck in my throat. Um, you're right. That's a good transition for me, Josh. We've hit everything on the list. I do want to tell, this is my last week, I promise. I will torture you guys with Final Fantasy. Oh, it's not torture, but that I want to talk about Final Fantasy 12. It's tough for me because some of these longer games, like you spend like 50 hours playing a game that's always ever changing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to keep a, a fluid opinion in being such an important game in that franchise and everything. I, I'm deeply fascinated by this game because I got to the very end and we'll have to see how much you remember or don't remember, Josh. And this is in the context of everything they updated in the Zodiac version of Final Fantasy XII mm-hmm. that I'm playing on the Switch. And I think I got to the part where every where a lot of the Final Fantasy fans were... A, they had this theory that basically... When the shift changed and the original director, Matsuno, left, they brought in the new guy. And I apologize, I, I saved his name, but I'm using my phone right now for Skype. When he, they brought him in, um, he worked on a lot of dungeon crawls and very unfriendly games like Saga Frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say Legend of Mana. There was something else in there as well. And he had a history of working on those kind of games, but he was sitting there to sort of finish it up. But they swear that that game was mostly done. But it's worth noticing that the literally the last two dungeons in that game are extremely long. In particular, the final yeah. dungeon is a hundred fucking floors. Out of nowhere, there is a hundred floor dungeon. Yep. 
and it's insane. It's very difficult. Um, it's at times very cool because you fight these bosses like Pandemonium and uh, a lot of these sort of mythical creatures that look really cool. But it's a hundred floor dungeon crawl. Yeah. Out of nowhere. It's just like you're playing a Final Fantasy game and then there's a hundred floor dungeon crawl. And it's like, yeah. whoa, like where did get, this come You from? get 50 hours into this thing and all of a sudden, oh, welcome to a Persona game. Like, what the, f- yes. what the fuck just happened? Like, yes, that's exactly yeah. right. Mm-hmm. It's weird and it's difficult and some of the puzzles are kind of confusing and weird. <laughs> like at, at a couple points, I ch- kept checking to make sure I was not accidentally stumbling into an optional thing. I was like, this can't be right. When I got to like the 60th floor, I'm like, this can't be right. But then eventually I saw like a cutscene, and I'm like, okay, well, I must yeah. be on the right track. It's wild. And the, the worst part about it is like, it's not easy to leave. So like, even though I had stocked up by the end, I was out of all my potions. My All the enemies in there are brutal, too. They'll turn you to stone, disease you, yep. all sorts of crazy shit like that. Um, it's tough, man. I, the, but, but playing through that was like this beautiful gauntlet of making myself really learn how to play that game. Because up until that point, it wasn't super difficult. Maybe an adjustment here, a potion there, a remedy here. Yeah, I kind of think and, that may be an issue with the remake more so. I mean, not not the Dungeon Carl itself, but so much more of it used to be hard that you you didn't get to that point and then have to kind of learn to be efficient. Um like you you would have had to get there before then, I think. Um Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, if it had been yeah, kind of yeah. slow down the rest of the game makes that part easier because i remember it being long but not particularly hard compared to the rest of the game up until that point but yeah yeah like when i was leveled up other than maybe like jumping in to use a remedy or something weird like if a character was silenced or something like i was still Mm -hmm. involved i wasn't bored but generally it was on semi cruise control Hmm. uh and those bosses really kick your ass like but it was really fun to go through those and every single boss kicked my ass until I adjusted my strategy. Sometimes it was yeah. something very subtle, like make sure your healing gambit is the very first gambit because she has to do that the second they get to 70 HP or 70% of their HP or they will die. Or yeah. um, all these serums will help get rid of disease and I'm fighting this boss and he's super easy except when someone dies and I bring him back to life, they have one HP because they have disease. And... So I would make sure they had the um, the gambit for using a serum right away during that that fight or something. Like every single fight challenged me to use the systems in that game. After I would initially get my ass kicked, and it was it was really cool. It's really cool for a game that feels like it's on cruise control to like kind of stump you in interesting ways where you have to just replan it. And um, mm-hmm. but the funniest thing that had that made me laugh, Josh, was getting to the end of that, thinking of Game of Thrones. And um, the similar criticisms that that last season faced, how whether me and Shay disagree, like it's either bad writing or it's head scratchingly vague or kind of like, what the hell? Like there's moments where, for example, I got to that hundred story, the top of that hundred story tower and the other two antagonists were able to just magically show up there. And I'm like, well, how come I had to climb a hundred fucking stories and you guys just showed up? Like maybe there's some sort of plot reason why, but... For the most part, they just sort of show up in the window in a typical anime-style fashion. Hey, the bad guys are here! You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some weird way to try to explain it, but 
and sort of the final chunk of that game, I don't know if you remember Ash's plight, but um, it's kind of a bummer that the last chunk of the game is just her. She's trying to decide if she wants to destroy the shard or use it for power to take down Arcadia. Because if she destroys it, basically she can take away this power that can be used for bad, right? Um, but if she, I think, cuts a piece of it or uses it or something like that, it's a little weird how they explain it. She can use that power and kind of become crazy with it, but she could take down the evil with the power. So it's one of those, do you destroy it or use it kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. But the last, like, 10 hours of the game in the, in the cutscenes were just her going like this. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, what am I going to do? And then everyone's sitting around her while she thinks going, what do you think she's going to do? And it's just like, the first mm. half of the game was nothing like that. Um, and it yeah. kind of made me laugh. That's kind of... It sounds like they were trying to recapture the magic from Final Fantasy X, but that was like a whole arc. Like that happened, it's like multiple plot points through the, the game there. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's weird going back and like seeing that and being like, well, she, they've reduced her character to just this, this strange kind of thing. And, um, but I, so the nicest thing I'll say about it is it's still delivering great gameplay and epic moments and epic music. Um, but the moments oftentimes leave me scratching my head with plausibility. Like, okay, that's, um, even whenever you come to your conclusion, what does she do? The sort of solution that sends you into the final confrontation is kind of like, okay, I guess if that's how you want to explain it. And I feel like it's a really fun conversation I could have with you guys, but I know you're not super, you haven't played it in a long time, so it'd be probably a little weird and confusing, but yeah, it's I, been forever. I, I don't want to nitpick it. It's just, it kind of went off the Final Fantasy rails in a way where they're like, we want to have this cool confrontation in this tower, so we're going to do it, even if it doesn't really make that much sense. But um, still having a great time. I'm going to finish it up. The last thing I wanted to say is that I did the fishing quest, finally, 40 hours in. <laughs> we, we always joked about how Final Fantasy XII did not have a minigame. It does. And it's awful. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, it's it's weird. So, did you ever do the fishing when you played it, Josh? Because it's kind of strange how you find it. I th- think so. It's like down, like on the one beach in the game, kind of to the like on the right side. Anyway, what? I, it's been forever. Yeah, sort of. There's a. It's confusing, yeah. and I only know this because I had to look it up. But basically, you have to unlock this chain of side quests one starts with a bounty where you kill a cactor by the way i found out a lot about cactor reproduction it's very confusing <laughs> uh because yeah you kill this cactor and you take its flower and this guy wants you to give the flower to his wife so you bring the flower to his wife turns out that was the uh baby cactor that this mommy cactor was missing and she is not happy and she has this guy's father kidnapped um and it doesn't seem scary but apparently she is scary it's kind of goofy, you know, they're charming like that. And when you go back to the mom, you're like, hey, uh, uh, I think that flower belonged to the cactor I'm supposed to find. She was like, oh, I just boiled it and threw it in the backyard. And then you walk in her backyard. It, I know that doesn't make any sense, but I swear to God, that's what she said. And you walk in the, <laughs> you walk in the backyard and there's a flower on the ground, like, like it had started to grow again. And it grows into another baby cactor. Hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, do you like regrow cactors from their little flowers or what is happening? And it was it really was 
I loved it because it was so dumb and so cute, but also so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, and then so so Vaughn brings this other cactor, and he's like, "I hope they buy it because it's like, well, this new cactor grew in its place, and it looks the same. Is it the same? I don't know. How does cactor reproduction work?" And <laughs> yeah, the mommy buys it, and anyway, it unlocks this fishing quest, and it's it feels like Mortal Kombat. Like when you're fishing, it'll give you like a button prompt, and mm-hmm. the button prompt is like X A B down or something X A B down, and you just do that over and over again. You never see fish. It just tells you the name of them. It is incredibly monotonous and boring, but mm. uh, probably a huge waste of time, except that if you finish it, it gives you something you need to get one of the biggest weapons in the game, Yeah, which um, that's how Final Fantasy games work. They send you on a bunch of stupid... Yeah. Know. Yeah, I seem to remember that one being one of the worst about that, too, because it's a really long game, and it has missable items. Oh yeah, like missable, lots yeah. of missable stuff in that game, just because of the way they structured it, which is really frustrating. Like there was no way I would have found this quest, Josh, without looking it up. Well, like, but, I'm not, but even, not even that, but in, like completely missable. Like only shows up during story missions if you don't. Oh, to and pick then you're gone and you can't. Yeah, go back. you can yeah. never go back and pick it up. Type stuff, Fuck. which is just why, 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 why would you do that? Like, come on, guys. Well. So. It's the unfriendliness of this game. Mm-hmm. It's the most unfriendly Final Fantasy. Except for me, there's all... Oh, he made Final Fantasy 2. This guy also made Final Fantasy 2. Like, I don't... I just... I don't know... If, I don't think it's fair to say... I think there's more to it than the people who were out there saying that Game of Thrones was rushed because they're basing it off of nothing knowledgeable and it irritates me. But if you look at this situation, you go, well, this director left, this director came in, he made these kind of games, and the end of this game feels like those kind of games. Yeah. I think that's a fair, you know, mm-hmm. reconstruction, or at least a fun conversation. But, yeah. oh my god. That game is so weird in its side quests and shit. But I'm at that fun part of the game. You guys remember this stuff with Final Fantasy games where, like, you're right before the last boss, but you're still really strong and you can go everywhere. And I'm just kind of exploring the world and finding, like, espers and doing hunts and stuff. And then I'll probably finish it this week and be done with it. But (sighs) I just had a really great time with that game, despite how unfriendly it is at times. It's just been really great. Can't recommend it enough to people who, if you ever get the itch for that game again, just get the. The Zodiac version. It's so fucking cool. And I accidentally spoiled what happens during the last boss, but there's some cool stuff in Zaha- cool stuff that happens with Gabranth, from what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, who's... Yeah. And uh, Redis has a pretty nice twist. There's a lot of cool character twists in there as well, but it's, it's a really strange product. Still think it's excellent. Just has some flow and pacing issues, to say the least. Um... And that's it. I won't talk about it ever again. Promise. Probably. I couldn't convince Fish to try it because... And you know what? That's my poll for next week. We had this discussion, Josh. If you... No, I don't want to do this on the podcast. Uh, people that get Final Fantasy tattoos, but they have never finished like half the Final Fantasy games. You know who I'm, you know who I'm talking <laughs> about if you're listening to this podcast. Hmm. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking to you. Fake Final Fantasy fans. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I finished all of them. All the mainline Final Fantasies. I Have finished. You? All the all the ones after six, the real Final Fantasy. <laughs> mm-hmm. There you go. Oh. <laughs> the final you, you fantasy. Fi- you finished all of them after they sold out. <laughs> mm. 
I would love to play six whenever they can remaster it with. And we've talked about this before. I should, you know, if I finish six, I could say I finished every Final Fantasy. That matters. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, fifteen. Stick that in your even X two. Finish that one. Hmm. How about that fish. What about, uh, Piper. What about Lightning Return? <sighs> mm. No. no. That's a no. Mm. That's a, that, that, that was a spinoff. Was it? There what was a trilogy the, there. What if, so if you only was, played yeah. the first part of 13, you haven't finished the 13 trilogy well, yet. They stopped calling it X3, though. They actually just called it Final Fantasy Lightning Returns. They actually dropped the... Mm-hmm. But they did call, I think, the second one X2. The one with the weird Pokemon-style battle system thing. Remember that? It was like Final Fantasy meets weird Pokemon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, games that if they brought back on the Switch for dirt cheap, I would love to give another shot on the go. I will not sit down at my game console and play one of those old ass games. It's not going to happen. Um, it's because some of those spinoff Final Fantasy games were just weird. I mean, come on, they were weird. And did you guys finish X2 and Lightning Returns, or are you guys just giving me shit? Because I was no, I didn't shit. finish them. Thirteen two okay. was uh no. The story was just bad. Like the story in thirteen was bad yeah. enough, and then in thirteen two, it's like, and now there's time travel. I'm like, yeah, that's not what this story mm-hmm. needed. Um, okay though, I guess I'll catch them all. So I'm yeah. Still sad he um. Anyways, it's great, and I would love to talk about this game with someone and I am unable to because no one remembers it. And now I'm very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it is the last great final. F- no, it's not true. 15. Well, I really like 15 too, but I would say that 12 is a much better game yeah. than 15. Anyways, uh, my wife just messaged me so we can get out of here. Big hype next week because E3 is coming around the bend. Um, maybe we'll even do a special Pokemon stream next week. I'm still working on convincing the crew. Um, of course, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. I have a lot of goodies up there from this particular podcast. And if you want to see it, you know, my goal is to try and compliment every show we do with cool extra content for the people that want to support us on the VIP. Um, now, if you want to hear some of our interview podcasts as well, I was able to interview the uh, composer of Katana Zero. And my side podcast is called In the Blood. Um, and Shay has a great interview podcast as well called evoking the sublime where he interviews some uh, creators in the game industry so it's a big sword chomp family and if you're one of the new people i've met in these coming weeks glad to have you as part of chomp nation and again remember patreon.com slash sword chomp uh it's been a fun one let's get out of here guys want to thank fish for being here from texas of course filipino johnny depp josh from michigan and of course i am morgan general mountain time from montana And we will see you next week.